Okay. I call this meeting to order at 5.05 p.m. Clerk, can you please take a roll call for attendance? Um, on the call, the roll, Commissioner Wong? Present. Commissioner Wong, present. Uh, Commissioner there? Present. Commissioner there, present. Commissioner Loftus? Present. Sorry. No, there's an echo. Okay. Commissioner Miller? Present. Commissioner Miller, present. Um, Officer Lestana? Present. Officer Lestana, present. Commissioner Anish? Present. Mr. Commissioner Anish, present. Uh, Officer Udding? Present. Officer Udding, present. Uh, Commissioner Colleen? Present. Commissioner Colleen, present. Uh, Commissioner Pimentel? Present. Commissioner Pimentel, present. Uh, Vice Chair Barker Plummer? Present. Vice Chair Barker Plummer, present. Officer Hum? Present. Officer Hum, present. Officer Shaw? Present. Officer Shaw, present. Uh, Commissioner Hillman? Present. Commissioner Hillman present. Uh, Commissioner M is absent. And then Chair Wynn? Present. Chair Wynn present. Um, you have 14 present with one absent. Okay, great. So it looks like the only commissioner absent is Commissioner M. Uh, staff, did Commissioner M give us 72 hours in advance notice? Uh, yes, they did. And why will they not be present today? Uh, lacrosse game. <laughs> um, so I will accept any motions on the table if there are any. Motion to approve. <laughs> motion to approve. Or it's like motions to excuse commissioners or Commissioner M if anyone wants to. You want to state? Yeah. Um, motion to excuse Commissioner M. Do we have a second? Second. Okay. Commissioner Hillman, motions to excuse Commissioner M, seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. Is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Of, um, if members of the public would like to speak, um, please press star three or raise your hand in the WebEx app. <clears throat> and uh, I believe you do not have public comment. Okay, great, thank you. So uh, all those in favor of excusing Commissioner M, please say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Okay, so, um, oh wait, this is you, sorry. Oh, uh, the motion passes. Okay. Um, clerk, can you please call item number two? Yes, um, item number two is communications. The minutes will reflect that the Youth Commission participated in this meeting in person with remote access. The commission recognizes that public access to city services is essential and invites public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments or opportunities to speak during public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-001, meeting ID 2496-951-6663, then pound and then pound again, or you can join us online through the WebEx system. 
When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you'll be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, please dial star three to be added to the speaker line if you called in, or if you're joining us via WebEx, you may also raise your hand in the app. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways. Email them to the Youth Commission at Y-O-U-T-H-C-O-M at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and be included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall at 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlib Place, Room 345, San Francisco, California, 94102. Those attending in person will have the opportunity to speak in public comment first before remote access. That concludes my communications. Great, thank you, Clerk. Can you please call item number three? Item number three is approval of the agenda. Okay, so commissioners, please take this time to look over today's agenda. As a reminder, there's an expectation that everyone looks at the agenda prior to the meeting, and I will accept motions when you are ready, but I know Commissioner Adair also had comments about the agenda. Um, so I was just asking for a clarification. Um, I guess I can speak into the mic. Um, the, the, BART, the BART resolution got added to the supporting documents. Um, I think there was a mix-up at some point because I just checked on Google Docs. Um, there were two versions of the same document. One of them said up. They both had update in their title, but one of them, only one of them was the updated version. So the, um, so the wrong version got added to the supporting documents. And I was just you know, wondering if, um, if, if it's possible to, um, to, to use you know, a version that's not actually in the supporting documents, um, then, then we can go ahead as planned. But if not, then I'm happy to remove it from the agenda and take it up next meeting. So um, just in terms of whatever we're allowed to do procedure-wise. So I think with that part, you would have to then read out the agenda if it's not in the supporting documents, um, or you could table to the, the following full youth commission meeting. Hmm? You would either, I think what you're saying is you'd either have to read it out entirely again, like the, the new one so that it's entirely in the record, or you could postpone to the 22nd, I want to say? 20, 20th? 20th? I'm happy to read it out. That was, okay. In that case, can you like share it with us all now so we can yep. begin? Because you'll have to read it into the record anyway, mm -hmm. so yeah. I think it's okay. Um, okay, so uh, do we have any motions to approve the agenda? Motion to approve. Seconded by Anish. Uh, Commissioner Miller, motion to approve today's agenda. Seconded by Commissioner Anish. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Uh, Chair, you have no public comment. Great. Um, all those in favor of approving the agenda, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the agenda passes. Clerk, can you please call item number four? Um, item number four is approval of the minutes of the February 21st, 2023 meeting. Okay, so uh, commissioners, please take this time to look over the minutes from the last full youth commission meeting and I'll any motions when y'all are ready. Motion to approve the minutes. Seconded, Commissioner Utting. Commissioner Colleen, motions to approve the minutes, seconded by Commissioner Utting. Uh, is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? 
If members of the public would like to speak and not have done so already, please press star three, raise your hand in the WebEx app. Um, and Chair, it seems you don't have public comment. Great. Um, all those in, in favor of approving the minutes, please say aye. 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 All those aye. opposed, say nay. Okay, great, so the minutes pass. Um, clerk, can you please call item number five? Yes, item number five is general public comment for matters under the jurisdiction of the full youth commission but are not on today's agenda. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this matter should start to line up behind the podium and or press star three now if you're calling in remotely or if you're joining us via the WebEx app, you should raise your hand. Your cue to begin your comments will be you have been unmuted if you've called in or you will hear two beeps if you join the meeting via WebEx. And Madam Chair, it seems you don't have public comment. Thank you, public comment is now closed. Clerk, can you please call item number six? Yes, item number six is presentations, first from the Department of Public Health, following the Department of Children, Youth, Families, followed by court-appointed special advocates presentation, and last, San Francisco Rising. Okay, uh, is Director Gibbs present for the first presentation? Hello. Yes. Hi. Thanks for coming and speaking to us today. Um, are you ready to present? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, so we'll have to time you for 10 minutes, um, 10 minutes for presentation, and then we'll have a 15-minute Q&A after. Do you think that's okay with your presentation? Uh, it should be. I'm going to do my best to stay within your, your time frame. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You can start whenever you're ready. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you for commissioners for having me. Um, just to introduce myself again, I'm uh, Emily Gibbs, the deputy uh, finance um, officer for budget and planning at the Department of Public Health. And I'm here to present about our fiscal year 2023 to 2025 budget. Go to the next slide, please. Um, Great. So to talk a little bit just about our overall approach, I know you've heard already from the mayor's office and the board of supervisors and several other departments about the overall budget picture this year. Um, and so uh, DPH, Department of Public Health, was faced with a pretty large general fund reduction target. DPH is one of the larger departments in the city. It has a $3 billion a year annual budget. Um, and of that budget, about a billion dollars is general fund. So that meant our reduction tr targets translated into amounts of about 50 million in fiscal year 23-24, and then grew to 8%, which is about 80 million in 24-25. So the focus of our planning process this year was really on leveraging additional revenue to meet those targets and then to identify targeted opportunities for expansion in ways where we could leverage additional revenue or in particular to support investments at Laguna Honda, which is the city's skilled nursing facility. Uh, this would also come with maintaining a focus on continuing implementation of many of the initiatives of the last few years. Um, we've been fortunate to see a variety of new investments over the last couple of budget cycles many of which are still uh, in just their initial phases of rolling out. So we can go to the next slide. So this is just, uh, there's a lot of numbers and given the, our, our short time frame, I'm gonna kind of speak at a high level on these next couple slides. Um, 
but this really demonstrates that the the main way DPH met its target and the sort of the focus of its proposal was on identifying increased revenues. Um, so what you're seeing here are kind of the math of that. Uh, the department is projecting increased revenues at the for the San Francisco Health Network and for Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital um, of about 51 million in um, the budget year and 39.8 million in the budget year plus one. Uh, we are also making changes um, to the uh, payment model for Zuckerberg San Francisco General for Medi-Cal clients. Um, this switched from a capitated model to fee-for-service will allow us to increase revenue without having any impact on, on the services for clients. Um, and then we also have an increase in behavioral health revenues. Um, this is both medical revenue and state revenue that comes to us for mental health and substance use disorder services. There's some small changes in other areas, but that's kind of the big picture. We can go to the next slide. Um, we are continuing to refine our response to COVID-19 as the emergency uh, comes to an end and we uh, plan for ongoing response. The, there aren't going to be any cost increases in the budget, but uh, the proposal does uh, include our plans for ongoing response, continued surveillance, um, and a focus on continuing to provide testing and vaccine um, in vulnerable communities, um, as well as to maintain capacity for responding to um, any new or emerging public health threats. And go to the next slide. Another area where we are able to make some new investments um, in this budget is under the Mental Health Services Act. So this is a state tax on personal income over a million dollars that flows down to counties for mental health services. Uh, because it's on just the highest portion of income, uh, we do anticipate that the revenues will fluctuate. And so uh, part of the funding is going to, in a good year like this, be set aside to ensure we can sustain services in a down year. Um, but there are opportunities in this budget cycle to uh, support some new investments in um, telehealth uh, and mental health, particularly aimed at BIPOC communities. Next slide. Uh, just a few investments at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital this year, um, concentrated on um, endoscopy services, which is a kind of diagnostic uh, service, and also um, some trauma standards compliance. These are, are initiatives where they will leverage um, additional revenue so we can expand services. Next slide. Um, also expansions under CalAIM, which is um, uh, initiative the state is rolling out under Medi-Cal um, that will allow us to provide enhanced uh, care management services to people who have really complex medical needs um, with a focus on folks in the in the next year are, uh, who are at risk of long-term institutionalization. So people coming out of the hospital or on the streets who need additional um, support to get all of the medical care they need, um, as well as people who are exiting the jail. Uh, so a small expansion there. Next slide. 
Um, and then we are making some investments at Laguna Honda Hospital. Laguna Honda is currently implementing an action plan as part of a recertification process with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Uh, it includes hundreds of process improvements and a number of those are gonna require additional staffing. And so that proposal is in our budget. Next slide. Uh, we also made some adjustments um, to account for inflationary cost growth um, in both pharmaceuticals, um, materials and supplies, so food purchased for the hospitals, among other things. Um, and in our agreement with the University of California, San Francisco, which provides doctors at the hospital. Next slide. So overall, you get a big picture of the of the balancing um, that DPH did in its proposal. Uh, in addition to the reduction targets, there was also some revenue the mayor's office was already um, expecting us to uh, show in our budget. So you have that here, and and primarily by leveraging those initiative, uh, new revenue initiatives, we were able to meet that target. Uh, I did want to spend um, just the last part of this presentation. Oh yeah, you can go to that last slide. I'm talking about a few things that we are still working on. Um, one is Proposition C, so this is known as the Our Cities, Our Home Fund. Uh, this is uh, a portion of gross receipts tax, so of tax on businesses, that goes towards mental health services um, and also a number of, of housing and homeless services. These are mental health services targeted toward homeless and formerly homeless individuals. Um, this is an area where, like many of the city's revenues, uh, we are projecting a shortfall relative to the about $100 million in programs that have been rolling out funded by this source. Uh, it looks like there will be sufficient one-time savings to carry the programs through the next two years, um, but a lot of concern about the long-term sustainability of um, the revenues behind this. Uh, and so working with stakeholders to ensure that uh, these programs continue to move forward. Um, Care Courts uh, is a new state program that aims to connect clients struggling with untreated behavioral health issues with a court-ordered care plan. DPH is going to be responsible for evaluating clients who are referred to this program and developing their care plans with the courts. This rolls out October 2023, and so there's a lot of planning to do. Um, there's some funding from the state to help the department get started. So working with um, stakeholders on laying out um, how that funding is going to be spent to, to meet the requirements that the state has laid out in this new law. Um, another area of great interest is wellness hubs. Um, this, a wellness hub is a drop-in setting that provides overdose prevention services and linkages to treatment, housing, and benefits. Uh, building off of the lessons from the Tenderloin Center that operated in 2022 and closed in December, um, the department is working towards uh, opening new wellness hubs um, that would provide these services. Um, and working through some of the, the programmatic um, financial and legal implementation challenges. Um, and the last piece here is opioid settlement funds. So one other area of potential new investment 
is that the city has been in the process of finalizing financial settlements uh, with opioid manufacturers and distributors um, who were responsible for some of the uh, prescription opioid um, distribution um, that has helped to cause um, the overdose crisis in the city. Your time is up for your presentation. How many more slides do you have left? This is the last one. Okay, so, great. Sorry, please finish one. your sentence. Great. Um, so there will be, um, uh, as the city finalizes these settlements, um, these funds are coming to the city to be used for addressing the um, opioid epidemic and to mitigate the impacts of opioid use and related disorders. Um, and so we'll be uh, working as a city with the city attorney's office, the mayor's office, the board, um, and other departments on how, how to best use these funds um, in San Francisco. Great, thank you so much. Now I'll open it up to commissioners if you guys have any questions for Director Gibbs. Yes. Uh, thank you and thank you for being here today. I had a couple of things that had been a focus of mine and the commission earlier this um, term and just wanted to see sort of how the funding is going to impact those things. Um, the first is um, how it's going to impact the MPX um, situation here in San Francisco. I know we've actually done quite well, but I'm wondering how that's going to impact, um, especially considering you know the needs of the queer community in terms of um, the MPOC situation, um, and then general sexual uh, health for young people as well. If you have an idea of how those are going to be affected by the funding reductions that every department has to meet. Yeah, so I, I think the overall answer to that question, and thank you for it, is that um, you know, DPH is not making any service reductions because we have been able to identify sufficient revenues to sustain um, all of our programs and meet the general fund reduction target that we were assigned. So at this point, there's no plans to reduce anything. I don't have anything more specific on those issues, but um, but those are definitely um, there are ongoing um, services through our our various divisions around, around um, both of those. Thank you. Um, and then my only other question was, I'm wondering if you can, I, I don't know if this is a question for you or another member of DPH, but I'm honestly <laughs> just generally confused around the situation with Laguna Honda. Um, so I don't know if you can go into a little bit of an explanation of that um within within a couple of minutes i know that might be a hard ask but <laughs> if you if you're able to yeah it's a really important issue um and as with many things in such a large department um you could you could spend a whole meeting just on it what, what i'll say at a very high level is that um because of a number of findings on visits the over time, the um, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is the main uh, federal government uh, payer for Medicare and Medicaid, uh, has placed the Guna Honda in a, a status that um, jeopardizes its ability to keep paying. The good news is, um, the leadership at DPH and Laguna Honda is working closely with the state and federal government to um, be, 
be on and stay on a path to recertify and um, and at this point, um, you know, has submitted many plans detailing all its um, improvements um, that has allowed the the funding to continue to come through um, and for the facility to stay open and to continue um, to work with the patients that are there. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Are there any other questions from commissioners? I had a question. Um, I, I know you mentioned the like wellness hubs as like something that was like still in development. Do you know what a timeline on that might be? Um, another great question. I definitely think, you know, we will certainly uh, be working on it throughout this budget process. Um, so as you know, this, um, what I'm presenting today is what the department sent to the mayor's office at the end of February. Um, the mayor will be proposing her budget um, by June 1st as required by the charter. And so I certainly think uh, there will be more to come on that issue for next fiscal year by that point. Great, thank you. Any other questions? If not, um, well, thank you so much for your time today. And if we have any other questions, we'll be sure to email you them. But yeah, thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. Okay, um, so the next presentation is from DCYF, uh, from Director Sue. Are you ready to present? Great, so you have 10 minutes for a presentation and 15 minutes for Q&A, if that's okay with you. That's perfect, thank Great. you. Um, oh, let me... Good? Oh, excellent. Um, thank you, and uh, in the truest sense of hybrid meetings, I'm going to be physically present here, and our CFO is going to be presenting um, virtually, so it's going to... We're gonna see how this works. So you can just stare at me or stare at the slides. Um, so good evening, commissioners. My name is Maria Sue. I am the director for the Department of Children, Youth, and Their Families in San Francisco. Um, thank you so much for inviting DCYF to come and share with you our budget proposal that we submitted to the mayor on February 22nd, I believe. Um, uh, similar to what uh, the previous speaker from DPH shared, um, the goal that DCYF used to make and achieve this budget uh, that we sent to the mayor's office was uh, pretty much a couple of things. One is just to make sure that we preserve the safety net for our children, youth, and families that we've established over the years in the city. So that means we wanted to prioritize um, funding to nonprofit agencies so that there would be no disruption in services. Um, it also, there was a, the other factor is to make sure that as we go through the process of reducing our budget in line with what the mayor is asking us to do, we do it through the lens of equity to make sure that the reductions that we end up making and we have to make um, doesn't negatively impact people who are already marginalized and who have the greatest needs. So those were the things that we kept at the forefront of our decision-making process. Um, and I do want to reiterate for all of the new commissioners that I do not know, um, our department was created 
to, to really work with our residents and citizens, and particularly young people, um, to make sure that we fund and use appropriately the Children and Youth Fund. Uh, so we fund nonprofit agencies so that they can in turn support, uh, support young people in achieving uh, those, uh, those outcomes and uh, goals and dreams that they want to achieve. Uh, we do this by partnering with nonprofit agencies for the most part. We strive really hard to achieve four main goals in our department. One is to ensure the usage of our, of our funds to make sure that children, youth, and families, or children and youth, are ready to learn and succeed in school. Children and youth live in a safe, um, a safe community. Children and youth are ready to um, uh, are ready for a productive adulthood. And the last one, help me, mental wellness. Children and youth are mentally safe and, and healthy. I'm sorry. Um, but those are the four main goals. <laughs> I should know them by now. Four goals that we use, um, uh, that we fund our, um, we allocate our funding towards. Um, okay, so now with that, I'm going to move into the budget presentation. Um, and I'm going to hand it over to our CFO, Heidi Burbage. Hi there. Commissioners, thank you for having us. I'm so sorry I'm not there in person, but really appreciate your making this hybrid option available. In my case, it's related to a child and a youth at home today. So I'm going to run through these slides uh, as quickly as I can to preserve time for questions. Um, next slide, please. Uh, this is just the budget timeline. I'm sure familiar. You've had other departments here as well. So uh, again, we're just um, going through what we submitted to the uh, mayor's office in February. Next slide. Um, also, you know, likely familiar the budget instructions again with a projected shortfall of for 23-24 and 24-25 of 20, $728 million. Um, we had a general fund cut target like other general fund funded departments. And again, the mayor's priorities, recovery of the local economy, focusing on downtown and economic core, improving safety and street conditions, reducing homelessness, transforming mental health service delivery and accountability and equity and services and spending. Um, for, for us, again, general fund, depart, fund funded departments, 5% in the first budget year and 8% in the second budget year. So um, through the lens of the mayor's priorities with Maria, what Maria um, presented uh, regarding our department's focus uh, and with these general fund targets, the budget we um, submitted uh, uh, was to accommodate all of those needs. Next slide, please. This is just a, a shot showing our overall budget. So. Um, the darker blue portion is our operating budget that covers our grant making cycle and other things. That's about 226 million. So a, a relatively small department, particularly compared to, to DPH. In orange, you see our portion for SFUSD and the lighter blue is the free city college program, which is part of our department, but not, not general fund funded. Next slide, please. So this just shows for operating budget, our sources. So the children and youth fund is about 57% in darker blue. General fund is about 30%, and that's the portion that we had uh, the cut target for. Separately, we have in the lightest portion, about 7.5% various federal and state grants. And then the newest 
Periwinkle, I guess, is the Student Success Fund from the November ballot. This is a new initiative starting in 24. Next slide, please. Uh, very dense slide with lots of numbers. Um, I'll just go through this given our time here today um, and highlight a couple of things. DCYS grant making cycle is normally five years due to the COVID emergency. We're uh, in a six year cycle. So 24, 20, fiscal year 23, 24 is the sixth and final year of our current grant making cycle. So our goal in submitting this budget, developing and submitting this budget was to keep our nonprofit partners whole through the grant making cycle. Um, so in the right hand side, the light blue section, the city grants program is not a direct match to our grant dollars for a number of reasons. Some of them are work ordered. The city grant program includes other funds, but that's a, a large portion of the funding that goes to our grantee partners. Our goal was to keep that number sufficient to keep all base grants whole. And we're confident with the departmental budget that we submitted that we would have no cuts to our grantees. What we did instead was find savings in other areas, point to other funding sources. We have no FTE growth this year, kind of some of the, the bigger issues for a small department like ours um, would be our labor issues, our labor budget, but we had no increases again. Um, material supplies are relatively small. We found some savings there. So again, our focus is on our keeping our grantees whole. The second budget year in the submission, fiscal year 24-25, will be year one of our next five-year funding cycle. And as we develop the RFP and uh, work on uh, the next funding cycle, our goal will be to understand the city financial picture, what our general fund might look like in future, and the children and youth fund. We expect slower growth than has been the case, how to really plan effectively for a five-year cycle with what we know now and begin our grant-making cycle with a sustainable um, pot of funding for that. Next slide, please. Um, so again, this is a few bullet points. Next, 23-24 is the final year of our current funding cycle and we expect no cuts based on the budget submitted. We're committing to investment in children, youth, and families in San Francisco. Our goal, again, is keeping funding for our grantees whole, when, if at all possible. And we're currently working with SFUSD partners to develop a plan for the newly approved Student Success Fund, which was Prop G on the ballot. And that is it for our um, presentation. Any questions, I'm happy to answer, or Maria in person as well. Great. Thank you so much for presenting. Do commissioners have any questions? I had a question. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm just curious because, you know, like it seems like DCYF, like especially relies um, a lot on like nonprofit and other like community organization partners to provide like its services. It's not really provided directly. So like how do you like monitor like the, the quality and like the, the like performances of those like um, organizations that you work with and provide the funds to? Oh, excellent question. Um, because the, the thing that we keep hearing in the news nowadays is oversight and quality and accountability. Um, so uh, DCYF actually has written into our charter this three-year plan that requires us to go out into the community. So year one, we are required to go into the community, talk to um, key stakeholders, young people like yourselves, 
schools, um, other, other adult allies like teachers and principals and other service providers. And then what we do, we, it's, it's called a community needs assessment. So we go out and ask the community what do they need um, to, be, to, to thrive, to succeed in school, to do well in a um, uh, job setting, um, to help them transition into a productive adulthood. So we go through that whole process. It takes us a year because we go from neighborhood to neighborhood, schools to schools. Um, once we finish that, we create a report that we, it's called the Community Needs Assessment. Not super bright, <laughs> super creative. Um, and then we move into something called the allocation plan, which we take all the stuff that we you know, found as needs, and then we start thinking about what are some ways to address those needs and how much money we would have to address those needs. And then we turn it into what we call the allocation plan, which is a policy document. We are right now in the middle of our allocation planning process. So we've had many, many conversations with other city departments like DPH and other departments like the school district to figure out how do we meet these needs that we heard in the community. Um, and then we turn that into something called the request for proposal. So it's a competitive process where, where CBOs, nonprofit agencies, apply to us. Once they apply to us, we go through a process to vet them, and then we go out and monitor them on a regular basis. So we monitor not only their fiscal invoices that they submit to us, but we also monitor what's happening on the ground. So that we do that through site visits. Yeah, that's great to hear that you're like definitely like going to the sites, especially like once it's already like, you know, funded and like hopefully like chatting with like the young people and stuff who are there, like what their experience is. So that that's good to hear. And I guess, you know, obviously uh, there's always like in budgets, there's always things that like you can fund and then there's always like, you know, things that maybe you wish you could fund, but like can't right now. What do you see as like the biggest things that like you'd love to do, but you just don't have the funding for right now? Yeah, so in the, during, during the pandemic, we were very fortunate to, to fundraise a lot of money to do something called Summer Together. Some of you might have heard about it. It's the city's kind of premier summer programs for young people. And it was for elementary school all the way up to Tay. Um, unfortunately, this year we're having a little bit difficult time in fundraising. So, so we won't be able to have um, as many slots available for young people. Um, and so we're, we're trying to figure out ways to make sure that we can close this gap. So if we had more monies, we would definitely increase slots for summer programming. Um, we would also uh, use the dollars to increase um, youth employment slots as well. Um, some of you know that the minimum compensation ordinance requires us to increase the minimum pay, uh, wage for, young, for youth work, for workers in general. Um, and anytime that wage goes up, it means that our dollars serve fewer hours of youth wages. So if we had additional dollars, we would be able to continue to page, pay young people um, those additional hours. Sorry, if I could just ask one follow-up. So the, the summer together, is it it's free like summer camps and programs or is it just like subsidized? It's a combination. So Summer Together is a partnership between school district, Rec and Park, the San Francisco Public Library, uh, private camps, private summer camps, and of course DCYF's grantees. So there's a combination of free summer camps. Uh, most of those free camps happen on school sites. 
There are some that happen in the community, um, and there are there's there's a, a wide variety of pay scales. So for families who can afford a little pay or to pay, there will be a sliding scale for some of those families, and for families who can afford to pay, um, there's free opportunities for them. There's also, I'm sorry, there's also a family stipend inside Summer Together because we acknowledge that um, you know living in San Francisco is really hard, raising families is really hard, and we wanted to, um, we were fundraising for, for to, to, to give families a little stipend just to like say thank you for sending your children into summer camp for the summer. Um, so we're once again trying to figure out all the financial budgeting for this, but it's definitely something that we want to continue. I had a quick follow-up question to that. Um, how, did, how did you guys fundraise for summer together in previous years? Um, so I have a staff. Um, so my staff and I would um, go to these big uh, funder roundtables. So these are big meetings that multiple private funders come together and they hear different proposals. Um, and so that's how we were able to do it last time. Great. So why are you guys having difficulties this year? Um, I'm sure it's a combination of different things. Um, as the budget is, is impacting the city, the budget is also impacting the private sector. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're also feeling the pinch a little bit. I, we've all heard about all the layoffs that's happening around, around the city. And so they're also experiencing some, some reductions in their own budgets. Um, we've had foundations who have, who've told us that they're shifting their priorities from COVID-based funding to other service areas and other strategies. Great, thank you. Do other commissioners? Yes. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about the Student Success Fund and what uses um, mm -hmm. it has. Because it's a set aside, it's rather specific as to what it can and can't be used for, which has its own positives and negatives. Um, but I guess, you know, there are so many needs that we're seeing in SF schools right now, um, including basic things like having schools that function, um, as well as uh, concerns around safety, especially. So I'm wondering, you know, how broad is DCYF considering what this set aside is for when they are um, going to be reviewing the grant applications? Excellent question. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, I am actually uh, in deep conversations with school district leadership, including Dr. Matthews, about how we think about these very, very precious funds that the voters just allowed us to have. Um, so once again, for commissioners who are not familiar, these dollars were voted on in this last um, election, and DCYF is the identified department that oversees these dollars. Um, the dollars, the full amount of the dollars is up to $60 million. The funds will actually end up being at $60 million, but it will take four years to get there. So in year one, it's $11 million. Year two, $35 million. Year three, $45 And finally, year four, it will be $60 million. Um, and so it's a slow roll into the full allocation. The superintendent and I have had many conversations around how do we determine what are, what's necessary on school sites. Um, and so right now we're looking at uh, creating a landscape of all the different schools, what's, what's already on school sites and where are the gaps so that we can then have a better understanding of where the funds can actually go in to close those gaps. 
And then just a follow-up point on that, um, something that we are looking into, um, especially on the Civic Engagement and Education Committee, is around school safety and school safety measures um, in San Francisco, um, especially like basic infrastructure. Um, so just sort of to, to let you know, we're, we're curious to see um, how the Student Success Fund can be used for those things, especially in terms of well-being of students. Um, so I'm sure that's something that we'll be following up with DCYF on as well. But just wanted to highlight that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And with all due respect, we, 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 we also hear your urgency and we sense the urgency as well. So we are, we've actually, in some ways, not waiting for the dollars to come down and we're just moving our dollars right now. So we are actually um, uh, expanding a violence prevention pilot project that we have on school sites that was originally um, only serving three schools and now we're, we're figuring out ways to expand it to 11 schools and more. Um, because yes, every student deserves to go to school and feel safe at school so that they can learn. Absolutely. Um, I had a question. Can you clarify what that project does in the three schools that you mentioned? The school-based violence yeah. prevention program? Yeah. So uh, we actually hire through nonprofit agencies um, uh, what we call violence interrupters um, or, uh, or service connectors depending on what the needs of the young people are. But they work very closely with the school district, with school leadership, to identify young people who would need additional supports. Um, I'm sure you all are, are aware there are lots of legal rules that prevent us from knowing who these young people are, their names. It's, it's federal privacy rules. And so there are, um, we have, to, we have to finesse it in a way where the young person or their family says, yes, I want these services, and then, these, and then they get connected to the CBOs. But for me, my, my, my priority is that when they are ready for the services, our CBOs are ready with the available slots and the case manager, right? There should be no wait time, there should be no downtime for any of that. Um, and so the partnership with the school district is to really work with the the teaching staff and leadership on school sides to help to identify young people who need these additional resources and then work with those students um, to say, these are programs that are available to you. Let me walk you over to them and see if you can have, um, if, if, they, if they fit your needs. Thank you. Um, I had another, I wanted to circle back to the t t um, summer together. Mm -hmm. I had two questions about that. One was, um, about how many less students do you expect to serve due to fundraising issues? Um, and then my second question was, are you, do you, are you thinking about planning for next year in terms of funding and like not having the same issue again? We're always thinking about more fundraising. <laughs> so yes, I'm always thinking about fundraising. Um, and in terms of fewer students, um, you know, so there, let's see, how do I say this? Uh, because summer hasn't started yet, um, we're still negotiating with all of our nonprofit agencies and the private camps um, for the number of slots that they're willing to put into this pot. Um, so uh, when Summer Together first started, we aimed to serve 20,000 students. Um, at, and, and quite frankly, at the end of that summer, we were able to serve, I think, around 21,000 students. Um, and that was actually with COVID restrictions and all of that. Um, last year, we actually served almost 25,000 students. 
Um, so it was amazing, and, um, and that's primarily because CBOs have figured out ways to maximize their dollars and leverage each other's resources, um, and our private camps have really, really stepped up in a big way. So a lot of private camps actually donate these slots to us. So you know some of these fancy dance camps or language camps, they're like, they just love this project and they just want to work with us. And so instead of charging us the full cost for the slot, they'll charge us a small, a, a reduced fee. So we, with that, we can buy more slots. So we'll, we're going to go through that negotiation with everybody. So hopefully we can still keep to 25,000. And you know, if not, a little bit less. Um, I had a question. So, Astrid and I recently talked to Monica from DCYF about. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, How amazing, Monica. About the Youth Empowerment Fund. Um, I was just wondering, like, could you talk a little bit more about your relationships to other organizations and like how you hold them accountable, but also like give them the flexibility to do what they want without like a lot of bureaucracy. Um, sure. So, so once again, holding CBOs accountable, um, we have a data system. Once again, not very brilliant, creative name is called the Contract Management System, the CMS. Um, and we require all nonprofit agencies to enter data into this system. The system actually has the fiscal data entrance, the fiscal data entry, so like how many staff and all the payroll things and the expenses, and it also has what we call programmatic data. So it tells us what they did in their program. So that's one way for our program specialists to monitor CBOs. The other way is for program specialists to go out and do site visits. So they go and they, they, they go during a program time to really see like, yeah, you do have 20 kids in your program, or yeah, you're really doing that workshop that you said you're doing your workshop for. Mm -hmm. We also have something called a fiscal monitor where they go out and they only sit down and they look at like fiscal stuff. They, they want to make sure that yes, you have all the staff that you said you're hiring, you have all the right reports, you have all, the, um, all your receipts and all of those things. So we, we really monitor our CBOs a lot. And then there's a whole evaluation side to it where not only do we want CBOs to serve young people, but we also want CBOs to move the needle and, and to make sure that, that young people are actually getting the outcomes that they want. And so we actually have a whole evaluation team that goes in and makes sure that uh, CBOs are, are meeting all their performance measures. Great, thank you. Um, it looks like we've run out of time for questions, but do people have really quick questions they'd like to ask? If not, we can also email them over to you if that works. Um, and I would be more than happy to come back and yeah. And and actually, you know, join any of your subcommittees. Mm -hmm. We can also have staff participate in your stuff subcommittees, primarily because our department is in your world. <laughs> yeah. So we could definitely figure out ways to engage more in the future. Yeah. That would be awesome. We'll work with you on that. Um, but thank you for joining us virtually and in person. Um, this was great. Um, thank, thank you, you Heidi, as well. Thank you. Great. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so it looks like our next presentation is from CASA. Um, are they ready to present? They're online. 
Okay. Um, so you guys, you guys will have 10 minutes for presenting and 15 minutes for Q&A, if that works okay. Um, but just let me know whenever you guys are ready. Are you able to see the share screen? Who? Yes, I'm able to see it. I just want to make sure you. Yes, we can hear you on this end, and um, feel free to start whenever you have ten minutes for the presentation. Are you guys ready to present? Yeah, we are. We are presenting, and um, somehow you're not able to hear us. Um, oh, are you unmuted? Yes, you please now. unmute yourself. We we are unmuted. Theodore, do you want to use this screen? Maybe that's better. Yeah, I think that's yeah, better. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, I'm going to speak under Kate's name, but I'm Theodora. <laughs> I'm the transitional ages coordinator, coordinator and case supervisor. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna briefly talk a little bit about what SF CASA does, how we support our volunteers, AKA our advocates um, in supporting our young people who are navigating different systems um, with personal um, life experiences, as well as in other experiences that they are going through with court um, as well. And we're gonna hear a little bit about our youth empower, from our youth empowerment board members, um, Martha and Wellington. We can switch to the perfect. Um, Marta. Hi, everyone. My name is Marta. I'm current. Um, I'm 18 years old. Um, I currently live in Berkeley, California. I'm from El Salvador, and I've been living in the USA for seven years. Um, I've been in the foster care system for almost six years. I'm attending to Berkeley City College, um, and my major is ultrasound tech. Hey everyone, I am Wellington Smith Jr. I am 16 years old. I attend high school in San Francisco. I have been part of the I've been part of the foster care system for about six and a half years. And I enjoy exercising, playing basketball, hanging out with family, watching movies, eating healthy. And someday I hope to become a mechanical engineer, work on cars and computers and tech. Yeah. Okay, what we do, we meet, what we do, we meet two times on Zoom and one time in person. We engage in team building, train new class of volunteers, develop dream keeper grant. It's kind of blurry on my screen. It's probably my connection. It's okay, just keep it on, you got it. Okay, oh yeah, we develop dream keeper grant process. Review grant applications, contact grant treaties, and network with different organizations, discuss ways to en enhance application submissions. All right, we can go to the next slide. Um, 
So we were able to do this opportunity through our collaboration with the Human Rights Commission and the Dream Keepers Initiative. Um, the Youth Empowerment Board has worked together to start a mini grant program um, for San Francisco transition age youth, um, more so focusing on youth who identify as black or black multi-ethnic um, between the ages of 16 to 25. Um, with supporting them to address resource and service gaps by fulfilling self-identified needs with one-time financial support between $500 to $2,500. Um, and applicants can request things such as purchase um, corporate books, helping with rental security deposits, gym memberships, or the repair of a car. Um, and youth who do apply are either currently or formally uh, system involved, either in experiencing the foster care system or the juvenile justice system. And Martha's going to share a little bit of some of the things that we have been excited to fund so far. Oh, I think Martha must have gotten kicked off. Oh, um, one second. I believe Martha is still on, maybe. Oh, yeah, I can just jump in. I think something may be acting wonky with the with their internet connection a little bit. Um, but some of the things that they have been able to fund so far and support young people with are laptops for school, um, as well as school supplies. We've had a few young people apply um, for support for nursing school supplies, which has been exciting. Um, different automobile expenses like uh, car repairs, um, a down payment for a car, car deductibles, um, past due and current utility bills, rent. Um, commuter, tra commuter travel expenses, such as a clipper card um, luggage, so that some of our young people are able to see family members um, for extended periods of time, um, real estate license fees, um, educational trips, um, a business LLC. We have a young person who is starting their own dog grooming business and another young person who is starting their own clothing line, um, and as well as some self-care um, stuff, such as gym memberships and a workout bike. Um, how young people can apply is they can access our application, which is just a Google form, either by the link or by the QR code that we have here um, avail available here. Um, just some additional information about CASA is that here at CASA, or AKA uh, a court appointed special advocate rather, um, they are volunteers who go through extensive training, at least a 42 hour training um to be able to develop develop and build relationships with young people and understand them on a one-to-one -one basis they get to understand these young people's strengths their hopes their dreams um and how to support them in court and within the community um advocates also are able to involve young people with other resources and programs that are funded by sf taxpayers um, and our youth empowerment board actually supports our advocates as well by participating in core training and helping them learn how to be better advocates for young people and are also planning a learning opportunity for advocates as well so that they can support them in other aspects such as education or independent living skills um, or just even personal matters that may come up for them. Um, and then hopefully their internet's working a little bit, but Martha and Wellington, we're gonna share a little bit about their current experiences having a CASA. Sorry, my internet went off. I'm so sorry about that. Um, well, my experience with uh, with my casa, um, 
what we like to do with each other is like going out to eat, enjoying some delicious meal, going out in nature, uh, taking some long walks, going to the beach. Uh, we really enjoy like going to like museums, um, go like watching like ballet concerts um, or basketball games. Um, and one of the ways that my casa has been helping me is by listening to me, giving me some like good advices. Also, she been supporting me in school and letting me know like, like I always have to keep in mind that school is really important and um, and be educated is really important in this life. Um, so yeah. experiences with my casa we okay uh, okay so i've been with my casa for about two to three years no two and a half years going on three years my experience with them we like to go work out at the gym go out to eat just have fun do things that we enjoy and like whenever i have problems she's always there for me to like help me solve them he tries his best and i really support him and respect that and stuff and yeah, but pretty much we go to the gym a lot. That's what we like to do. Play basketball, go to the gym, eat, have a nice time, just spend quality time. And that's pretty much. Thank you, Martha. Austin. 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 Cool. But yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, um, Martha and Wellington. And so the last um, slide, uh, if, if we can share the last slide. So we, um, CASA uh, works with um, nearly 400 young people a year. So we are, we're providing, um, last year we served 396 young people, providing them with an advocate. And these include uh, young people, both in the foster care and in the juvenile justice system. And we provide volunteer CASAs as well as educational rights holders. Now, we have a goal this year to serve more than 400. And next fiscal year, um, we have a goal of serving 425 youth with a CASA. Um, important, um, something that we want the Youth Commission to know is that um, the reality is that 65% of youth in foster care, um, San Francisco youth who are in the foster care system are placed outside of the county because of the lack of um, placements in San Francisco. Um, and so that means that San Francisco residents, San Francisco young people are often as far away as um, Reading, um, you know, often hours away from their community, um, hours away from uh, family members and community members that they know. And our organization is the only organization connecting these displaced San Franciscans to San Francisco and to, to San Francisco's resources. And our advocates are doing the work that's needed to help them maintain community with their city of origin. Um, and we've been um, doing this, we've been at this for about 30 years. Our funding from the city has stayed pretty flat in spite of enormous growth um, in terms of the number of young people we serve. And our ask and our hope in the DCYF process um, and also like continued funding from the DKI initiative is to get 250,000 from the city's budget to recruit, train, and supervise 
court appointed special advocates. Um, and again, I think we really want to emphasize that we're the only organization that's really keeping these youth that are San Francisco youth connected to the city's resources that are their due, um, that they have uh, every right to, to be able to access. Um, so with that, I really want to thank Theodora and uh, Wellington and Marta for your expertise and uh, your voice. And we, we're here to um, answer any questions that the Youth Commission may have. Great. Well, thank you so much for presenting to us and for Wellington and Marta to come and speak to us about their experiences. Um, do commissioners have any questions? I have a question about um, the you know the G, the the Dreamkeeper grant program. Um, first of all, thank you guys for um, coming and presenting over Zoom. It seems like a great program, but I'm just wondering um, how do you guys make sure that um, that you know the word is spread about that and that you know kids between you know 16 to 25 who are in, involved in foster care of juvenile justice um, know that this program exists. What's what do you think? What, what what strategies do you use to communicate that to them and get get the word out about it? That's a great question. So some of the things that we have done is really connect to with their social workers and attorneys so that the social workers and attorneys can support those young people um, with we also um, have networks, of course, and make sure that their advocates know about the program. Um, and then the youth board members themselves actually send out emails to different organizations, just letting them know um, every month when the application opens and when it closes, because it opens the 1st of every month and closes the 15th of every month until next month, actually. Um, and so we also have collaborated with um, the Hype Center. Um, we're actually in the works of doing a presentation um, with a program called the Necessary Essentials of Life, which serves K youth as well. Um, we also will be at the uh, San Francisco Independent Living Skills Program on March 27th to support young people in applying. Um, and we're also in the works with collaborating with Hilltop High School um, to also do a workshop with them. Um, so we're constantly just sending out emails and really networking um, and passing out flyers and just really emailing the flyers out to folks as well. Great. Thank you so much. Does anyone else have questions? Uh, generally, where do you guys get your funding from? We have our funding um, from, uh, we get a lot of individual donations through San Francisco residents. So that's a big part of our um, revenue stream. Um, we also get uh, funding through a number of foundations. Our government funding, you know, we have a small amount coming from the city and county of San Francisco, and then the remainder of government funding comes through the um, state budget and both through the Office of Emergency Services um, and through the judicial court. Um, we also re receive state funding through, the, through that department. Great, thank you. Any other questions? Yeah, so I see in your presentation um, that you'd like to get um, like a quarter of a million dollars like from the city like to um, to like train and recruit um, more like uh, corner pointed special advocates like do you do you have an understanding of like what like department like might provide that funding like would it be like DCYF or another department? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we have historically our city funding has come through DCYF. Um, 
And um, more recently, you know, we do have this funding through the um, Human Rights Commission through the Greenkeeper Initiative, which we hope will be renewed for a second year. Um, with DCYF, um, like I mentioned, we while we've had funding, it's been it stayed pretty um, stagnant. You know, it started with a seventy-five thousand dollar grant, and we received some cost of living increases, but the but the increase in that funding hasn't sort of matched the growth of the program. Um, so over the last 10 years or so, grown from serving a couple hundred kids annually to, to doubling that. And we do that work through um, 350 volunteers. Um, and so I think that's also an, um, an important aspect is that we're we're bringing in San Franciscans community members um, as as resources, um, and you know, so there's a lot of um, uh, donated time that's that's central to the work that we do as well. So I think DCYF would continue to be um, a, a a good source given the work that we do, and it's really connect. It's about what DCYF does. It's connecting young people to resources, and there's also a big mentoring component. Um, so that does really fit it within the guidelines of DCYF. Great. Thank you so much. Um, just as a quick follow-up, so what would be the best way that the Youth Commission can support you? Because I know you mentioned that DCYF could provide you guys some of this funding. So instead, would we like ask DCYF to support you guys with this budget request? Or are you guys trying to get this budget request from the city? Because technically our role is to advise the city. Yeah, thank, thank you for that. I mean, I think we, we're open to getting the money where we can. And so we're certainly gonna compete, um, do our best to uh, compete successfully in the DCYF process that was shared about earlier. Um, and, you know, we, we also are, you know, the last couple of years have been engaged in um, the ad back pro uh, process and conversations with supervisors to see if we can get resources allocated that way. Um, our, you know, we really hope the commission will support continuing the DKI initiative. And another area where we're um, really open to city support is that we're in the process right now of um, I, trying to identify a new space, a new home for SF Casa. We've outgrown our current space in the mission. And so we're in the process and we're working um, a little bit with the mayor's office around identifying um, options um, to house the organization and house the training component and the community building component of the organization. So those are, you know, some ways that we would love the support of the of the Youth Commission moving forward. Yes, Commissioner Barker Palmer. I I guess I'm a little bit confused um, just around um, the funding source. So are you looking into having this be a grant from DCYF? Are you looking for this to be a set aside via the budget process? Are you looking at both of those options just kind of to clarify exactly what you guys are looking at and how the Youth Commission can um, support in that ask? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, we're 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 really um, working kind of all angles that that we can. Um, you know, we we will be um, an applicant in the DCYF process. Um, we are a current grantee with one more year left of funding, and we feel like the city is not 
doing its part to recognize that you know this is a group of young people who are San Francisco um, citizens, while they may not be residing in San Francisco now, that it's super important that we continue to support them. And so we're, you know, we've been engaged in the in, in conversations around the budget act process. We're, we're looking at kind of all potential resources that we can coming from the city, but we do feel like the city has not adequately supported um, this particular group of young people and looking, you know, to the commission, youth commission to help us with that message. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think we can definitely have a further conversation about this, especially given that you guys want the Youth Commission to help with your budget ask. Um, so maybe you could join us for one of our subcommittee meetings and we can work with staff on that. Um, but do commissioners have any other questions? If not, thank you so much for coming and talking about your work with us today. And thank you for the work that you do. It's really important and significant. So really appreciate you for that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to work with you offline or online in another meeting, this stuff. Right. Um, and we can also email you other questions if we have any, but thank you again for all of your time. Great. Thank you. We really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Um, so it looks like our last presentation um, is from SF Rising. Is Director Tamayo Lee present? Uh, Sally. Oh, Sally? Sally's coming back. Okay. Can I take a point of personal privilege? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Oh. Sally's just like walking. Okay, sure. Yeah, I was going to do a recess after the presentation. It's like a longer one, but. Okay, yeah, yeah, we could just do one now. Uh, so come back at 6.23. Okay. Um, do I have to call the meeting back to order? Okay, I call this meeting back to order at 6.24 p.m. Um, thank you so much, SF Rising, for coming and presenting to us today. Um, you'll have 10 minutes to present and 15 minutes for Q&A. Does that sound okay? Okay, whenever you're ready. Hello, good evening, commissioners. My name is Jacob Mata. I am the field organizer at SF Rising. Um, I use him pronouns, just so you all know. That's how I introduce hey, everyone. Um, my name is Sally Tamayali. I use they, them. I'm one of two co-directors at SF Rising. And I used to do work with the Youth Commission in 2016 for Vote 16. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, just kind of quickly, briefly, what we're going to like to share with y'all today. We're really going to share um, who SF Rising is a little bit and then also to just talk about some of the, the budget asks um, from our alliance members. Um, so as y'all know, um, I believe SF Rising has done um, a few different presentations before y'all. Um, we are an electoral alliance um, of grassroots organizations across the city. We mainly work with immigrants, tenants, youth, um, on various different issues that revolve around gender, economic, and environmental justice. Um, yeah, next slide. So um, um, in some of our uh, conversations with our um, alliance members, three really come to 
or three of those alliance members have um, youth programs that get uh, funding directly from DCYF. Um, so it's CPA, the Chinese Progressive Association, Poder, um, and FCC, the Filipino Community Center. Um, a few other organizations have youth programs but don't get direct funding from DCYF. Um, yes. Um, so uh, just to go into further detail, so the three groups, and you know, this is part of like trying to help you all get a bigger picture of like all of the funding that is needed for um, young people under the age of 24. So Chinese Progressive Association, um, they are probably the group that has the most DCYF funding within SF Rising. Um, some of their programs, which you may be aware of, um, one is called Common Roots that happens in the summer with Poder. Um, they also have a gender and sexuality diversities program um, that includes like a young men's circle, um, this other group called uh, the Enoki Collective where they do story collection. Um, and this program mostly you know, focuses on Chinese and Asian American young people, but it's not exclusive. Um, and uh, yeah, they will be applying for these funds again, but again, it'll be all within DCYF. Um, yeah, they don't quite have an assessment of like whether that funding is gonna get cut, but they're gonna advocate for it anyway. And then the next group to go into more detail is Poder. So again, their funding through DCYF is just through the Common Roots program. So they'll be depending on CPA to um, advocate for those funds. And most of their, the young people they serve are of the Latinx, Latine diaspora. Um, many who are first generation and immigrant, um, mostly in like the mission and the Excelsior. And then the last group to highlight, so the Filipino Community Center, they do get funding from DCYF for their after school program. Um, and I'm pretty sure their after school program is, yeah, mostly high school age uh, young folks. Um, they are not super worried about uh, you know, funding getting slashed, but I think they're still gonna advocate for it. Um, and they did mention that they're starting to do some programming around Stop Asian Hate, which uh, is under, also under CPA. Right, and um, a little bit more about like what we as SF Rising do as an organization. Um, so we're asking for an ad back around the OSEA grant um, that we get. Um, typically $50,000 a year. And then on the next slide, you'll see, we mainly use, use these funds to outreach to um, college students, getting them registered to vote. We also talk to um, some high school youth about voter engagement. Um, I will actually be starting a voter registration drive um, with college students later this month. So that's something that I personally work on. Um, and yeah, and it's all really with the, the bent, the idea and the hope to get uh, young people engaged in, you know, um, voting institutions and um, and our democratic, democ democ sorry, I cannot talk, democratic institutions. Um, yeah. Very short. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, do any commissioners have questions? And I'm just gonna take notes on here. Okay. Yes, Parker Palmer. Thank you. So um, I'm wondering how you can sort of assure us about the differences between uh, 
I need to remember the acronyms, C4 and C3, um, one of which can be funded by the city and the other which cannot. Um, I have some pretty serious concerns around the divisions between the two within your organizations. So I'm wondering kind of how you keep those two clear and make sure that funding that is going to one isn't necessarily benefiting the um, objectives of another. Yeah, I can talk about that. Um, I mean, we have two different organizations. So we're here as San Francisco Rising, and then we do have a sister organization called San Francisco Rising Action Fund. So um, yeah, I mean, we're primarily a C3 organization, meaning that we do a lot of voter registration. We do voter education to immigrant communities. Um, it's, yeah, it's very delineated, like really our you know, some of our staff go on leave during election seasons in order to um, throw down an electoral work, but we're like fully working for a different organization when that happens. Great, thank you. Hmm? Any other questions? Also the slides were sent out if people need to refresh their memory. Sorry, can I ask a follow-up question mm -hmm. um, for what you know your outreach looks like? So on the final slide, you talk about like voter registration, classroom presentations, um, creating space and engaging youth volunteers to conduct voter and civic engagement. Um, I'm wondering kind of what that looks like and what those, how you frame those conversations with young people as they're getting involved um, in the electoral process through your organization. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take that? Yeah. So a lot of those conversations are really just about what it means to be engaged as a youth and to have our voices heard. Um, I think a lot of it is really um, trying to understand what our, like how much people, how much young people in the city rep are represented within our electoral system, right? So we understand that like typically youth voices are kind of suppressed and it's really about going out and showing people that you know change can be made through um, voting, people could advocate for other folks who can't vote by registering to uh, other folks to vote. Um, in terms of uh, what you were saying about C3 versus C4, we, I always frame the conversations around, I don't really care who you vote for, I just wanna make sure that you're there and that you're actually engaging in the system that you know, can transform many people's lives. Yeah, a lot of the voter edu education we do too is about like teaching folks about who who votes in San Francisco. So um, our city is you know majority people of color, but the electorate is majority white. So whatever result of our elections doesn't actually reflect the larger population of the city. And so what we try and do is like turn out voters, you know, educate um, uh, voters who are immigrants that they actually have the right to vote. You know, many people come from countries where like voting is not a habit or it's dangerous to vote or you have like zero belief in the political system and so voting actually doesn't do anything. Um, so it's trying to just like have conversations about that and then you know yeah many young people feel like what is the point of voting? Like we've seen generations and decades of older people take on, take on leadership and nothing really changes and so a lot of it is trying to like break down examples in history where like young people's vote made a difference and where like the margin of voting was maybe so small that like had more young people been involved, there would have been um, a difference there. You know, I think a lot of times we talk about 
um, things that even like the Youth Commission has worked on, like young people just even getting involved with um, free muni for youth. So it's, you know, it is about voting and it's also about like being civically involved, which can also entail voter registration, getting involved with the redistricting process, um, getting involved with the census or participatory budgeting. Can I ask a follow-up question on that? Yeah. Um, so just sort of to kind of gauge um, in terms of like looking back at the redistricting process, um, the, organize, the organizing around that, was that done by the SF, SF Rising or the SF Rising Action Fund? By SF Rising. Great. Um, I had a question about your classroom presentations and the drives. Um, can you talk more about how frequently you, you do those and also like um, have they been proven to be effective? Like do youth um, pre-register to vote after you give those presentations? Um, and also, how many of those presentations have you given out? Um, do you want to start? Yeah, I can say I mean, they happen uh, pretty frequently within our capacity, right? Um, and with uh, the professor's availability. Um, I want to say, I think last year we registered 60 or 70 um, students on campus. Mm -hmm. um, I can't give you an exact number about how many presentations were done because I was yeah. not heavily involved in that part. But mm -hmm. um, they are starting back up again this semester, and we are talking to students um, on, camp yeah. on campus. And how much of that is like volunteer work, and how, how many people are paid to do stuff like that? Because I know SF Rising offers a lot of internships as well. Um, so yeah. Um, for the most part, it's um, our student staff, they're part-time, that mm -hmm. usually do them. Um, our volunteers, um, we usually train them around vote, uh, like registering people to vote um, yeah. and stuff like that. They're a little less involved in the actual classroom presentation because a lot of the classroom presentation is on who SF Rising is. Mm -hmm. um, but we do bring them in um, and get them in. Yeah, and I would say, you know, a lot of, I think over the more recent years, we've shifted a lot <clears throat> more to college student organizing because we've been trying to fight for student debt cancellation and like policies that support free college. But previously, we have done a lot of high school um, voter registration. So like one of my first years doing voter reg in high schools, it was like a lot more lucrative in terms of getting voter reg forms. You know, I would go into like a junior social studies class and just pre-register everyone in the class and, you know, would leave with like 40 voter registrations. So um, with college students, it's a little bit trickier because you have a lot of students who are who like don't live in San Francisco um, and people are just a little bit more transient. What would you say like the majority of the funding that you receive from DCYF goes to? Yeah, so um, SF Rising doesn't get funding from DCYF, just like our three member organizations. So a lot of their funding you know, goes to basically the programming that I mentioned, mm -hmm. um, the Common Roots program, that is a summer program, and I think one of your members maybe can speak more about what that program's about. Um, and then, yeah, some of the after school programs and some of the gender and equity uh, programming. So where does like SF Rising, the organization, like get its funding from? Like, is it through donations or like some other governmental source or? Yeah, we, um, it's both through donations, but we get a lot of funding from the San Francisco Foundation. Okay. Yeah, other private, other private uh, organizations or foundations. Um, 
I have a question about um, the upcoming budget, um, as well as you know the groups that SF Rising partners with. Um, I think you mentioned that like the Chinese Progressive Association and maybe or maybe not the other ones were you know anticipating their budgets getting cut in the next year. Um, I was wondering like because I know I know that there's a shortfall, of course, and but what I think you mentioned like the Chinese Progressive Association was probably going to get its funding cut, not necessarily the Filipino Community Center. So I'm just wondering, like, what goes into your assessments of that, and um, what, what you anticipate um, SF Rising's work will have to change after these budgets are adjusted? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we're asking ourselves that question. Um, I think with the with you know the anecdote about FCC not being worried, but CPA being worried. I think those are more of like their kind of internal assessments or like how they approach risk a little bit. You know, I think CPA, they're about to f celebrate their 50th year of existence. So they've sort of seen this happen and they know that they that anything is possible in San Francisco. And so, you know, they're gonna go full force in terms of sharing how the DCYF funding really supports their organization. Um, I think FCC is maybe feeling a little bit safe because some of their funding is, is being funneled through them, um, to them from CPA. Um, and I think generally, yeah, I guess I, I would kind of ask that of all of you, like how you're feeling about DCYF being funded. I think in many ways that may, I would hope that that would be a pot of money that you know doesn't see as many cuts given that it is so vast and serves so many um, organizations and services across the city. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on what programs like the Civic Engagement Internship and the Common Roots program, what they cover, like what it consists of. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, do you want to speak about Common Roots as a participant? Um, sure. Please speak into the mic. Okay. <laughs> because you participated. <laughs> um, it was a lot of like community building, um, getting to know um, it was like a joint program with like Chinese Progressive Youth Movement of Justice and Organizing, but also just like the Poder group where we just um, came together, um, learn about each other's experiences and just get got to know about like different like um, institutional um, policies that really affect like our youth in San Francisco. We did a lot of like um, icebreakers, a lot of like getting to know each other, but also just like learning about San Francisco as a whole. Yeah, and I would say like a lot of young people in that program go on to continue to organize in their life, like through college and after college. Um, and then the youth, you were asking also about the youth civic, en civic engagement? Internship, yeah, the one that was mentioned on the last slide, I think. Yeah, the internship, um, Basically, we have about four people who are paid interns, and then uh, because it's an organizing program, like many of those young people are trying to build up other leaders, so like training them on some of these same skills, like how do you, um, like how do you move someone from a cold contact into like a warm conversation or someone that you feel like you could build a deeper relationship with, um, and. Yeah, in the summertime we have like a fellowship where we do a lot of this civic engagement work. Um, and yeah, there's a monthly membership space. I don't know if you want to add more about 
think that covers pretty much most of what our civic engagement stuff um, does do. Um, sorry, yeah, I can't think of anything else. So to clarify, it's teaching youth how to talk with other people. Is that the majority of the internship? Is there anything else that I'm missing? Sure, you could, one could describe it that way, yes. A lot of what the organizing is is really learning how to identify leaders within their own community and really to build up their skills as an organizer. I like to think that like, it's so much more than just like talking to people, it's about learning how to facilitate, how to understand people, um, people's life story and like use their life story as narrative building exercises so that they can go out and tell their own story and build up other people. Um, and then they also learn skills about like registering people to vote, you know, like um, how do you get someone to be civically engaged and believe in a system that maybe they didn't before. Um, so it's really those kind of work. Thank you for that clarification. Then I had one more follow-up question. You talked about um, in the Common Roots program, youth learning about like institutional policies and things like that in San Francisco. Could you like elaborate on that and what you mean by those, or like um, give examples? Yeah, honestly, I don't. I don't think that we could speak so much of those details. Like, I think maybe Vanessa, or you could invite CPA to talk about them. But like, we don't personally administer those programs. Um, I know in the past that they've worked on campaigns like um, Prop Five. There are a couple that were supporting like different pieces of legislation um, that were going to be on the ballot that were around more funding for schools and youth services. Um, <coughs> You know, for a long time, CPA Youth Mojo worked on their mental health campaign, so I'm sure that they talked a lot about that. They won a million dollars for um, peer, you know, peer mentorship and just like for their resources around mental health. Um, but we can also we can also ask them and, and email you if you'd like that. Uh, that would be helpful. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Uh, we have 36 seconds for any questions. <laughs> Does anyone have any quick final questions? If not, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Um, and we'll be sure to be in touch if we have any further questions. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, should we maybe take another? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is there any public comment on this item of the agenda or presentations? Um, Chair, you have no public comment. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, public comment is now closed. Clerk, can you call item number seven, please? Um, item number seven is resolutions, A, Youth Clipper card resolution, and then uh, B, AB 800 resolution. Okay. Um, Commissioner Adair, are you ready to go first? Um, yes, um, I, I, the main, I can, I can read the entire thing. Um, oh, I do need the mic here. Um, I can read the entire thing. Um, the main differences between uh, the last time I brought it here and now is that there's a number of extra clauses and a couple of the other clauses were modified a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm supposed to, to read it, the entire thing, correct? Yes. All right. Um,
We <laughs> <laughs> me declining all of the events. I just add them to my calendar and then don't go. Are that we already? Wiki, though. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um. Um. Res resolution urging the city and county of San Francisco to take action in order to increase the affordability and accessibility of youth clipper cards for youth living in San Francisco. Whereas Bay Area Rapid Transit, or BART, has been a prominent form of public transportation in the San Francisco Bay Area since it began serving riders in October 1972, and whereas as of January 2023, BART has expanded to serve San Francisco, San Mateo, Alameda, Contra Costa, and Santa Clara counties with 50 different stations across the Bay Area, and whereas BART serves as a crucial means of transportation for approximately 100,000 individuals every day, including youth, oftentimes providing the only form of access for individuals to attend work, school, or other essential functions, and whereas increasing the accessibility of BART would facilitate San Francisco reaching its goal of 80% of all San Francisco trips being low carbon, examples of walking, biking, public transit, as outlined in the city's 2021 climate action plan. And whereas a recent BART financial outlook and ridership report found that the total BART ridership during the first six months of 2022 hovered between 24 and 37% of its pre-pandemic averages and Whereas the Youth Clipper Card program provides individuals between the ages of 5 and 18 with a 50% fare discount on BART and thus advances opportunities for convenient, affordable public transportation for youth in San Francisco as well as in the Greater Bay Area. And whereas San Francisco's Free Muni for All Youth program in August 2021 allowed youth under the age of 19 to ride Muni free of charge without proof of age or the use of a Clipper Card and thus reduce the demand for Clipper cards among youth living in San Francisco. And whereas, according to BART Director Janice Lee, the process of obtaining a youth Clipper card online is unacceptably slow, as it requires applicants to wait up to eight weeks to receive a Clipper card in the mail. And whereas youth Clipper cards cannot be purchased at the dozens of self-serve machines and Walgreens locations in San Francisco that only sell adult Clipper cards. And Whereas youth clipper cards can only be obtained in person at one of five locations within San Francisco, all operating with limited hours that make it difficult or impossible for youth with certain work or school schedules to access this means of purchasing a youth clipper card. And whereas according to the Institute of Policy Studies, two of the key drivers of fare evasion when public transportation riders do not pay the legally required fare are inconvenient or broken fare collection systems and poverty, the former of which is exacerbated by the difficulty that youth face in obtaining clipper cards. And whereas the finances of BART are harmed by fare evasion, with between 15 and $25 million lost every year due to the practice, some of which can be attributed to accessibility and convenience barriers, as opposed to a willful disinterest in paying for transit. And Whereas, according to Stephen Higgitide at Next City, the research that exists on the demographics of fare evaders suggests that evasion is often the result of economic desperation. And, whereas BART public reports from fiscal year 2019 show that youth under the age of 20 are disproportionately targeted by fare evasion officers, with 1,507 citations issued to teenagers on BART, and, Whereas among youth on BART, 77.8% of citations in fiscal year 2019 were issued to black and Latinx youth, posing an undue burden on these communities inconsistent with the demographics of BART ridership. And whereas in order to combat fare evasion, 
Bart has tried a number of different designs, including one that riders nicknamed the guillotine, with gates that slam shut at the legs and head. Despite this, each, each new model has been defeated by fair cheats, often by brute force, proving that investing in new gate technology has a pattern of being ineffective. And whereas BART has most recently spent $90 million on its next generation fair gates over the last two years with the explicit aim of curtailing fair evasion and has built these gates at BART stations across the Bay Area. And whereas Higgishide also states that researchers who have studied the issue have found that a small number of people are hardcore, hardcore fare evaders who almost never pay, but a much larger number of people fall into the category of not my fault evaders who have been stymied by something in the transit system itself. And whereas the Metropolitan Transportation Committee, Commission with BART and other transit agencies which use the Clipper card launched a two-year pilot program to provide 50,000 Bay Area residents with the Clipper Bay Pass, providing free transit services all across the region. And Whereas the passes will be distributed to select students at San Francisco State University, San Jose State University, the University of California's Berkeley campus, and Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa Junior College, and then expanded to include residents at select affordable housing communities managed by Midpen Housing. Now, therefore, let it be resolved that the 2022 to 2023 San Francisco Youth Commission urges the city and county of San Francisco to fund the opening of more in-person service locations within the city for the purpose of allowing the easier purchase of youth clipper cards. And be it further resolved, that the 2022 to 2023 San Francisco Youth Commission urges the city and county of San Francisco to formally request that Clipper expand the hours of operation of its in-person service locations within the city, especially on Saturdays and Sundays. And be it further resolved that the 2022 to 2023 San Francisco Youth Commission urges the city and county of San Francisco to formally request for the Metropolitan Transportation Commission to expand its Bay Pass pilot program to include select SFUSD high school students in the Bay Pass pilot program, as well as in similar programs that may arise in the future in order to better study the effects of new transit policies on youth in San Francisco. And be it further resolved that the San Francisco Youth Commission formally calls on the Board of Supervisors to urge BART police to examine the effectiveness of its fare evasion policies, recognize any disparate enforcement outcomes across different ages and racial groups, and shift its focus to addressing the root causes of fare evasion and educating the public, as opposed to solely focusing on levying fines against those found in violation of BART's fare evasion policies. And be it further resolved that the 2022 to 2023 San Francisco Youth Commission affirms its support for youth having access to all forms of essential transportation, including BART, free of charge, and be it further resolved that the 2022 to 2023 Youth Commission, or San Francisco Youth Commission, urges the city and county of San Francisco to provide funding for BART to conduct a thorough study on the potential costs and benefits of providing free BART to all youth up to the age of 18. And be it further resolved that this resolution be sent to the mayor, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, the Bay Area Metropolitan Transportation Commission, the Bay Area Rapid Transit District Board, and the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Authority. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioner Adair, for reading your resolution out loud and for all of your work on this. Uh, do commissioners have any questions about this resolution? Yes, Barker Plummer. Uh, thank you. Um, I have one request, mm -hmm. which is that we remove the third to last clause. I have one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I um, have one request, which is that I would like to strike the third to last clause, and I can talk a little bit about that. But besides from that, I 
support everything in the resolution. Um, I think, um, oh, thank you so much. I guess, yeah, I, I, I want to hear about the third to last clause, though, because I know this came up at the last, in the first reading, too, um, whether yeah. or not this I mean, is allowed. Yeah, so I, um, so I want to appreciate the work that you've put into this resolution. It's important and an area that um, I think is getting overlooked currently as we talk about public transit and the needs of young people, um, as well as just to state for the record that the um, disparities between uh, around citations towards youth of different um, races is definitely concerning as well. Um, but I have concerns around the issue of calling for bought services to be free for all youth. Um, the Bart District currently faces a major budget deficit projected to be $140 million by 2025, which, um, um, which has been caused by a reduction in fares due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I agree that we want public transit, but we need to have service in the first place to do that. Um, and we need to make sure that before we make public transit free, that it is reliable um, and safe for youth using the system. So I think it's good to call for um, this program to include select SFUSD high school students who could benefit from this, who maybe come from low-income communities, who um, use bought more than the average um, SFUSD high schooler. Um, but I think that it's, frankly, it's a bad time to call for um, this public transit agency, which is already on the edge of fiscal collapse um, due to the pandemic and other measures and other issues. Um, for them to make a whole swathe of people using their service free. I think fundamentally, I think it's better to prioritize the service over having it be free um, and work towards it being free on a longer term basis. Um, I think that's, I, th I thank you so much for um, sharing your thoughts and I'd love to hear from other commissioners too, but I guess I'll just add the point that you mentioned about being free on a longer term basis. And I think you, you mentioned that this is not necessarily good timing um, to be taking this, to be taking the step of, you know, instituting free, free, free BART for youth. And I agree that that's likely not realistic in the current budget. But two things here is that some of these asks are, um, are a little bit more um, discreet and specific. But this clause in particular, um, the way I intended to write it is that it's, it's, it's affirming our support, which means that we're not like urging the board of supervisors or the mayor or BART to take immediate action to make um, BART free or t asking voters to do the same thing because yes, the, you know, the budget's in a, in a difficult place right now, but I, I do think that in this resolution, I would, I would hope that we can affirm our support for, yeah, long-term free BART for youth and state that that's the Youth Commission's, um, it's, it's the Youth Commission's belief that we should make these systems of public transportation um, free for youth, even if, even, even if that's not realistic you know, right now, which I'll concede, and, I'll, and, and, I, and I sort of, and that's sort of reflected in the fact that there's no specific ask to make it free right now. It's more about you know, supporting the existing systems of reduced fare. Um, I, I think it would be best if we left this in. Um, but I'd love to hear from other commissioners too. Yeah, I just add that I think you know a lot of our um, work at, as a commission, and you know like some of the work I've tried to do is like um, build off of what um, previous commissions have um, worked on. So this is definitely, you know, nothing is gonna happen necessarily overnight, but you know, just what, like what we've did with Free Muni for All Youth is, you know, it started as, you know, a small pilot program that was giving out, you know, discounted like fast passes to a, a select amount. Then it like grew into a larger, 
you know, means-tested program, and now um, it, it's expanded to be free for everyone. Um, I'd also note that, you know, because of the current issues with, um, you know, uh, access to the Clipper cards, you know, many youth are already, uh, you know, fair abating, um, so to speak, and and the reality is that youth riders are making up a, a very small proportion, I'd say, of the the BART ridership, and you know that that would obviously be studied more what the actual cost would be, you know, in the study that we also call for. But I think generally um, it would be fair to uh, say that at least I personally believe that the Youth Commission should support um, free BART as as a long term priority. Um, I, I, sorry, I would say two things. First is that free meaning for our youth is different. Um, because the funds for it can be taken out of the general reserve or the general fund, as opposed to bought, which I guess could have state funding, which it needs. But um, it's just it's a different mechanism. Well, to clarify. I would just argue that um, what what if we wanted to use you know local general fund money, that would be possible through a mechanism of Bart selling the city um, like Bart passes for young people. With the understanding that those, you know, BART passes would enable San Francisco youth to ride for free. So, if if that was the city's decision, it would be possible for us to give BART money from our general fund. If if that's what we decided to do. If I could, if I could add one thing, um, I I agree with Commissioner Miller, and I think that all these specifics is great that we're talking about that. And if we, you know, if we ever got to the point where we were debating this, and you know. Figuring out where the funding would be coming from, you know, lo local funding, state funding, whether it would be something that was just confined to San Francisco. That's all great, but I, I don't necessarily want to distract from the rest of the resolution and from this clause in particular, which is simply, you know, making, making a more generalized um, support. And it does recognize, you know, what Commissioner Barker Plummer said is that we can't really necessarily expect, um, you know, we can't expect free BART from youth necessarily in, in the next year or two or any time, but. Um, we want, I think it's great if we, if we have this language here and you know, if, if future resolutions in future years from future youth commissioners um, on the same subject can support free BART for youth, and they can really work out those details. But for now, I think just affirming our support and making smaller changes to improving accessibility is, is sort of the key here. I mean, that's why I'm asking this to be removed from the resolution, is that I think that that's something that we all can get behind is the improvements to clipper card access, is the improvements to um, our fair evasion, I say our, to BART's fair evasion um, policies. So that, that's my aim in, in doing this because the rest of the resolution is good and something that I definitely support. And I wanted to add, I agree with Commissioner Barker Plummer and I think that the resolved clauses in here are all more like specific um, I guess in comparison to this, like smaller goals, and so I think that also the placement of this is a little bit odd in the resolution to have this like broad support for this big change. Um, and so I think it's still effective to have these smaller asks without needing to include the request for BART to be free for all youth, because I don't think that that resolve makes it entirely clear that that is the Youth Commission's long-term goal within the resolution, but I think, like Commissioner Barker Plummer said, the resolution itself, without stating that, already proves support for a better BART system. Um, 
I'd like to jump in. I mean, I think leaving it in there is fine. I think it's good to have a big and bold stance, um, regardless of where it is, because it shows that we know what we want. And I think it's all, like in general, it's always important to show that you know what you want, right? Like even if BART doesn't have the capability to fund free BART for all youth right now, they could in I don't know, like 20 or 30 years or something, right? Like we see what's happened for with free meaning for all youth. Like the SFMTA board was very hesitant in the beginning, but we kept fighting. And I think you know it's okay to say that this is our stance, even if it's not feasible and possible right away. Um, and I agree with Commissioners Adair and Miller that it's important that we say that we want this because if we always hesitate to ask for what we want, we're never gonna get the change that we wanna see. Um, uh, thank you so much and um, uh, thanks for everyone's thoughts. Um, and I guess um, from after hearing from all these commissioners, I definitely respect um, everyone's viewpoint. And I think that you know Commissioner Barker Plummer makes you know an, an important argument about you know the the, the real term um, feasibility, but ultimately I I I I I added this clause in here for a reason. I think it's I added it so that you know it, it's yes it's it's a little bit distinct from the rest of the specific asks, but I still want to affirm our support for for long term free bar for youth and leave this language in here and take a stance on this issue. So um I I will not be um removing this clause before it goes to a vote. Great. Do other commissioners have any thoughts? Um, I'd love to hear from other people. Hey, all. It's Commissioner Hum. Um, just looking at the language, it, it, it says that the 2022 to 2023 Youth Commission, so I definitely want to point out that we can't always assume that future commissions will be um, supporting the same intent of uh, keeping BART free. Um, so I think we should look at this clause at this point in time of what we think is best for the city um, and our youth in the city. Um, if that means that if we can't pay for it now, then I think we should look at that with reason. Um, yes, we can talk about the future, but I think within this clause, um, it's referring to us as a commission today. I'm not sure if I understand. Um, do you want to keep it like that, or do you want to say San Francisco Youth Commission, like in general? My my point is to refer this clause to be referencing um, this commit this youth commission today, this cohort, mm -hmm. and not yeah. that of future cohorts. Yeah, it says uh, 2022 to 2023 San Francisco Youth Commission. Yeah. And I just add, just in terms of this issue in general, you know, um, was it last Friday, two Fridays ago, I went to the um, Tenderloin Boys and Girls Clubhouse. Um, I was joined by Commissioner Udding. And, you know, it, it was a pretty small group of youth. And, you know, within the group of 15 youth there, you know, we were going around and just talking about, you know, things people wanted to, to see, you know, in, in District 5 and just just in general, what did they think about their community? And, you know, there was a lot of people who brought up, you know, things related to like street cleanliness in the Tenderloin. But, you know, one, one of the, you know, kids priorities who one of the 15 people in my district um, is like, we need to make BART cheaper. That, that, was, that was his ask, you know, when we went out into the community. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, as a commission, we really need to be, you know, 
understanding, you know, not, not only our, you know, personal needs, you know, we're here to advocate for the youth of the city. And obviously, you know, the city has a budget, BART has a budget, people have a budget, but at the end of the day, we're here to speak up for the needs of the young people in our communities. So that's what I'm gonna do today. Um, I just, I wanna respond to that. I do, I think that the cost of BART can, can be a barrier to some youth, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be necessarily free to all youth at the cost of its effectiveness. I think especially for those who um, need it to be free, they also need it to be an efficient system. And so I think it's, it's just, it doesn't seem as feasible to have it be free to everyone in this moment um, when it might, when that might reduce the actual effectiveness of the system. Uh. To quickly respond to that, I mean, I think BART is smart enough to know that if they make BART free for all youth, but it affects, you know, how effective their services are, they're not going to do that, right? So I think, you know, the point of this resolution is to say, when you guys have the capability to make BART free for all youth, you know, the Youth Commission believes that it's really important because um, all of these youth, you know, refrain from writing BART or they just like BART hop because they don't have the means to pay these fares. So it's just like, I think we can still say that, you know, we believe that, yes, we believe in effective services, but we also believe in making those services actually accessible to youth. Like, you can have both, and, you know, BART is not going to choose one or the other, and it's important to say that we want both, um, because I think everyone can agree that we need effective services, right? But we can also say that both are important, because accessibility is most important above all. Does any other commissioners have thoughts on this resolution? Um, yeah, thank you guys for uh, um, thank you guys for um, all your thoughts. And it's good to hear all these all these viewpoints. Um, so thanks for that. If I can just say, I, I don't want a picky detail to disrupt what is an important resolution. Um, so I will be supporting it today. Uh, and I want to thank you for the work you've done on it, even if we don't agree on this very specific point. Mm -hmm. I think it's an important um, space for advocacy, and I you know, don't want to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Okay, uh, thanks. All right. Great. Um, so is there a motion on the table to approve this resolution? Um, motion to approve this resolution. Seconded, Commissioner Wong. Commissioner Adair motions to approve this resolution, seconded by Commissioner Wong. Uh, can we please take a roll call vote? Oh, is there any public comment on this motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Great, thank you. Can we please take a roll call vote on this resolution? Um, on that motion, Commissioner Wong. Aye. Commissioner Wong. I, uh, Commissioner Adair. I. Commissioner Adair. I. Uh, Commissioner Loftus. I. Commissioner Loftus. I. Commissioner Miller. I. Commissioner Miller. I. Officer Lasana. I. Officer Lasana. I. Commissioner Anish. I. Commissioner Anish. I. Officer Utting. I. Officer Utting. I. Commissioner Colleen. I. Commissioner Colleen, aye. Commissioner Pimentel, aye. 
Commissioner Pimentel, aye. Vice Chair Barker Plummer, aye. Vice Chair Barker Plummer, aye. Officer Hum, aye. Officer Hum, aye. Officer Shaw, aye. Officer Shaw, aye. Commissioner M is absent. Uh, Commissioner Hillman, aye. Commissioner Hillman, aye. And then Chair Wynn, Chair Wynn. That wasn't me. I, Chair, you have 14 eyes with one absent. The motion passes. Great. Congrats to Commissioner Adair, and thank you for all of your work on this resolution. We really appreciate it. Um, okay, moving on to the next resolution, the AB 800 resolution. Uh, Commissioner Barker, Plummer, and Pimentel, are you guys ready? Okay. Staff, could you pull that up? Thank you so much. Do you want to just go back and forth? Yeah. Like everyone does with their <laughs> Just to confirm. Just to, to give a little bit of background to commissioners. Um, wow. Oh, it's up. Um, so AB 800 is a state bill uh, introduced by Assemblymember Liz Ortega, who represents part of the East Bay. I don't know. Do you know the specifics of their district? Like, it's not, it's like above Miavantos district, or below Miavantos district. Yeah. Like Hay Haywood. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's in that area. Um, it's somewhere. Um, and, <laughs> sorry. Um, and, uh, Essentially, what it requires is for is two things. One, for high schools in San, in California, to um, have what is called like a workplace readiness week, which will educate youth on um, their rights as workers, uh, their labor rights, as well as the history of the labor movement and how those rights were achieved. And then, secondly, my sort of most exciting the most exciting part of this is that whenever a minor will be given a youth workers permit or a minors workers permit, which is required for anyone going to work under the age of 18 will have to get it signed off by their school. That way it can, um, uh, they will get a piece of paper that just states what their rights are. I don't know if Commissioner Pimentel wants to add anything. No, it's fine. Okay. Um, so uh, support of AB 800 and a workplace readiness week in San Francisco resolution supporting California Assembly Bill 800 of the 2023 20, legislative session and urging the creation of a high school workplace readiness week in the city and county of San Francisco. Whereas California Assembly member Liz Ortega, District 20, has introduced California Assembly Bill 800 in the 2023 and 2024 session of the California State Legisl Legislature to create a workplace readiness week for California high school students to educate students on their rights as workers and their specific rights as employed minors and Whereas, if enacted, California Assembly Bill 800 would require that California high school students in 11th and 12th grade be provided with information on workers' rights, including one, local, state, and federal child labor laws, two, wage and hour protections, three, workers' safety, four, workers' compensation, five, paid sick leave, six, prohibitions against retaliation, and seven, the right to organize a union in the workplace, all as a part of their regular education and Whereas, if enacted, California Assembly Bill 800 would require that California high school students will 
be provided with a physical document detailing their rights as employed minors before receiving a statement of intent to employ a minor and request for a work permit certificate of age, minor's work permit, and... Whereas, if enacted, California Assembly Bill 800 would have California high school students be educated on the history of the labor movement and the movement's role in gaining the aforementioned protections and benefits for workers and... Whereas the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that <laughs> Whereas the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that the youth labor force, people aged 16 to 24 who work or are looking for a job, increases considerably between April and July each year as during these months many high school and college students seek for work and many graduates enter the labor market to look for or begin in permanent employment and... Whereas the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics reported reported that youth that the youth labor force expanded by 2.6 million or 12.9% from April to July reaching a total of 22.9 million youth workers in 2022 and whereas educating high school students about their rights as they join the workforce will prepare them to navigate workplace experiences when they enter adulthood and therefore be it Resolved that the San Francisco Youth Commission supports the passage and enactment of California Assembly Bill 800 to create a statewide workplace readiness week in California high schools to educate students on their rights as workers and their explicit rights as employed minors and urges the Board of Supervisors and Mayor to support California Assembly Bill 800 and be it. Further resolved that the youth that the San Francisco Youth Commission urges the city and county of San Francisco to create a program aimed at informing youth of their rights as workers and their explicit right as employed minors. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioners Barker, Plummer, and Pimentel, um, for reading this resolution and in general for working on this. Um, I think this is a really cool bill. Do any commissioners have questions? Um, I had a question. Just for the record, I want to state that I agree that this is a very um, important bill, and I just wanted to clarify what that worker readiness week would consist of, like how much school time that's anticipated to take up. Uh, not much. I think it's in the the like legislative digest or what I was sent by uh, Assemblymember Ortega's office, which I can share with commissioners. Um, is like it would be some like assemblies and also they want to try and build it into the curriculum of like AP US history. Okay. Um, and then uh, just another follow-up question. Do you both know of any organizations that are already doing anything related to like worker rights education that you could, you know, call upon San Francisco to, you know, ask them to have that be involved in schools? Just Just thinking about like something that this is obviously going to take a while, um, and just thinking about something that could happen maybe slightly more quickly or something that could happen in a few schools as we wait for all of this and a program to be approved. Um, I've been reading through like um, my like mission statement and also just the OEWD website, and they do have some like um, specific like curriculum um, within my EAP that they do teach, they've been, had started to teach students about their rights as workers. As for OEWD, there's like information about youth workers' rights, 
and so on, but I can look up more information about that and just like send it to you all. I, yeah, I think it might be helpful to expand on other ways that the city can support education of youth workers' rights while waiting for this to pass. Okay. Any other questions? Good question. I had a, um, I don't know if it's really a question or more of a comment, but um, like I know SFUSD does like their work permits like through an online system as opposed to like physical. So it, it just seems interesting like how specific it is that high school students be provided with a physical document, you know, detailing their rights as an employed minor, you know, before receiving a work permit. It seems like that would be something that would slow down, you know, what's our, what's currently an online process and, you know, like add in like, because it's, it's all through SFUSD central office. It's not even through like your school site. So if your school site has to like track you down before you can like start working, you know, some people have to work and that could, you know, negatively impact, you know, when they're able to start work or things like that. And then I'd also just comment. I mean, I know you didn't write this like state bill. So like, it's kind of hard to like change these things, but at least for myself, you know, I started, you know, like working like probably between um, like my my eighth and ninth grade year. So like, it's great that we like teach it, but you know, by the time I'm a senior and I've already, you know, worked for like four years, it's like, ooh, yay, I just found out I've been, you know, being exploited for the past four years, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like a little late, I don't know. <laughs> to, to answer your first question. You can go ahead first. Okay, to answer your first point, um, I would say that there is a benefit to having it be a physical piece of paper. I, I, I think it would actually be okay with our generation for it to be um, online, digital, but um, there's a benefit to having it go through both a school site as well as having it go through um, sort of a more like rigorous review process. It, it sounds like the central office system is designed for quickness which is important, but there also needs to be a, a point at which I think, I feel that there needs to be a point at which um, young people are just informed of what their rights are and are able to kind of get that information before they then go and begin working. Any other questions? Um, seeing none, is there a motion? Oh, oh, right. Um, okay. Should we take a motion to go to the second reading? I don't know. Yeah, um, like if all of us agree with it, can we just vote on it? Or do, does yeah. it have to be a second reading? You can motion to pass it on its you, first reading. You could motion to pass it. I. There's at least one amendment I'd like to have made to it, like which is. Or? Yeah, it's just to add 23 to 24 in the title, in the bold title. So like motion yep. to approve with grammatical? With with that with that addition. No, it's not up in the bylaws. It's just procedural that we do two readings. I mean it's up to I I, I don't know what Commission of Pimentel's feelings are on it. I'm I'm happy to I would be both happy to pass it today and be happy to have a second reading. I'm okay with either of those options. I am going to research more information about other like youth employment programs and just send it to you all, either way. I, do you think any of that would be added to the resolution? Like, I don't think it's needed, but it's good to know. 
about okay. those programs. Again, I'm happy for that motion to be made or not to be made. <laughs> also, just to add, it does say possible action on the agenda, so you can vote on this and pass it. So do you want to make that motion? Okay, motion to approve this resolution with the added with, with the amendment to amend the title to the correct legislative session With title. the amendment of changing the title. Just, sorry, just to clarify, it says, <laughs> it says of the 2023 legislative session, it should be 2023 to 2024 legislative session. That's the only change I'm proposing. Seconded, Commissioner Utting. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this resolution with the amendment to change the title, seconded by Commissioner Utting. Um, is there any public comment on this motion? Um, Chair, you have no public comment. Great. Um, staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Yeah, on that motion, Commissioner Wong? Aye. Commissioner Wong, aye. Commissioner Adair? Aye. Commissioner Adair, aye. Commissioner Loftus? Aye. Commissioner Loftus, aye. Commissioner Miller? Aye. Commissioner Miller, aye. Officer Lestana? Aye. Officer Lestana, aye. Commissioner Anish? Aye. Commissioner Anish, aye. Officer Utting? Aye. Officer Utting, aye. Commissioner Colleen? Aye. Commissioner Colleen, aye. Commissioner Pimentel? Aye. Commissioner Pimentel, aye. Vice Chair Barker Plummer? Aye. Vice Chair Barker Plummer, aye. Officer Hum? Aye. Officer Hum, aye. <laughs> Officer Shaw? Aye. Officer Shaw, aye. Commissioner M is absent. Commissioner Hillman? Aye. Commissioner Hillman, aye. And then Chair Wynn? Aye. Chair Wynn, aye. Uh, Chair with 14 ayes and one absent. The motion passes. Great. Um, congrats to Commissioners Barker, Plummer, and Pimentel for passing this resolution on the first reading. Um, also, thank you so much for your work on this. This sounds like a very interesting bill. Um, okay. Is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? We didn't take one for this item of the agenda. Yes, yeah, yeah, we did. I thought we took public comment for the motions. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that counts. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> clerk, can you please call item number, or, oh yeah, we could take a recess. Should we take a five minute recess? 10 minutes? 10 minute? Five is good. Okay. We can come back at 7.30. Um, okay. <laughs> Great. Did you say come back at 7.30? Six minutes. Why didn't you do my Instagram? Recording has resumed. <laughs> okay. Um, I call this meeting back to order at 7.34 p.m. Yes. Okay. So, commissioners were correct in the last action that, um, we would need to suspend a portion of the of rule in the bylaws. It's not the entire bylaws, it's a rule to, and then a, approve the amended resolution that we just voted on. So we would just need to vote on it again. And it's majority. Voice vote? Yeah. Voice vote is fine. Okay. And it's um, also, I sent the language to you. Okay, the, there's the language here. So I'll motion to suspend Article 9, Section C of the bylaws and approve the amended resolution. Seconded. Okay, Commissioner Wynn motions to approve the resolution and suspend the bylaws seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed aye. say nay. Great, thank you so much. Um, congrats to Commissioners Barker Plummer and Pimentel again. Um, 
Okay. So going to the motion for the 29 Sunset Project, um, Commissioner Miller, are you ready to present? Yeah. Um, it's, it's basically um, taken the form of a resolution. Uh, it's basically the same thing, but since it was more like written out, it's just going to be a resolution. And ideally, we could pass it on first reading today if there's not any serious objections. But I'll just go ahead and read it. Um, this was based on a uh, presentation about the project that we heard at um, the Housing, Recreation, and Transportation Committee last week. Um, and if people are interested, I could send out the, the slide deck for that. Um, but okay, here we go. 29 Sunset Improvement Project, supporting the 29 Sunset Improvement Project and calling on the SFMTA to implement transit-only lanes along Sunset Boulevard. Whereas 48% of 29 Sunset riders were youth under the age of 25, according to an SFMTA onboard passenger study, which is more than double the system-wide youth ridership of 19%. And whereas the Youth Commission and other youth organizations, including Lowell Peer Resources, have long called for improvements to the 29 Sunset route, as it serves many schools and youth-oriented destinations, and the route suffers from heavy overcrowding and frequent pass-ups. And whereas the 29 Sunset Improvement Project proposes to consolidate, relocate, and improve bus stops with added amenities and improvement, and, and implement sidewalk improvements such as bus stop bulbouts and install transit signal priority systems along 25th Avenue, Lincoln Way, and Sunset Boulevard, which is estimated to reduce travel times on the 29 Sunset by 15 to 20%. And whereas these travel time reductions would also help reduce wait times, reduce pass ups, and increase reliability. And whereas, although not currently proposed, transit lanes along Sunset Boulevard, a six lane arterial road, would further improve reliability and reduce travel times and have been shown to improve pedestrian safety, as they have done on the 38 Geary uh, transit lanes. And whereas, the SFM or San Francisco has a transit first policy as defined by San Francisco City Charter, Section 8A.115, stating, quote, decisions regarding the use of limited public street and sidewalk space shall encourage the use of the public right of way by pedestrians, bicyclists, and public transit, and shall strive to reduce traffic and improve uh, public health and safety. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the 2022-2023 Youth Commission of the City and County of San Francisco supports the proposed 29 Sunset improvement project, including bus stop consolidations, stop infrastructure improvements, and transit signal priority improvements, and be it further resolved that the 2022-2023 Youth Commission of the City and County of San Francisco urges the SFMTA to not reduce or remove any project elements that would provide travel time reductions, as such removal would be against the city's transit first policy, and be it further resolved that the 2022-2023 Youth Commission of the City and County of San Francisco urges the implementation of transit-only lanes along Sunset Boulevard to further reduce travel times and increase reliability of the 29 Sunset. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioner Miller, for your work on this resolution. Um, I saw your message to the people whose districts um, have the 29 line going through. Um, did you have other co-sponsors for this? Uh, the co-sponsors are currently Commissioner Anish, uh, Commissioner Barker Plummer, Commissioner Loftus, Commissioner Wynn, uh, Commissioner Pimentel, and Commissioner Wong. If additional uh, 
commissioners would like to co-sponsor, I'm happy to include them. Okay, great. Um, does anyone else want to co-sponsor this? Um, I, Commissioner Utting, would be interested in co-sponsoring. Okay. Noted. Um, it, are there any questions for Commissioner Miller? <laughs> no? Okay. Um, I don't have any questions either. I think this is a very well done resolution. Um, and thanks for working on it also for doing it so quickly. Um, okay, if there are no questions, we don't take action, right, on this one? Okay, so we could. Would people want to pass this on the first reading as well? Or I suspect that we also won't have any questions next meeting, but. I'll just say that it generally is good practice to do two readings, but I also don't know what the timeline for the 29 Sunset Improvement Project is. Commissioner Miller would know more about that. So like, if it, if it makes sense to do it more quickly, I don't have a problem with that. But in general, it's a better policy to have two readings. Uh, well, I'm just curious. We just passed your AB 800 yeah, resolution. I, that's why I'm OK with doing, <laughs> with doing it. But in general, I think it's a. Uh, I mean, there's not really a particular time crunch, and I just say that this was originally intended to be a motion, yeah. which can be um, voted on in a in one vote, um, I believe. Uh, so it was just 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 for simplicity's sake, since we've primarily been been doing resolutions, it's just easier administratively to just call this a resolution. So, but I, I would urge us to pass it today if possible, especially so, since there's no feedback necessarily. So I would go ahead and motion to suspend Article 9, Section C of the bylaws and approve this uh, resolution. Seconded. Um, Commissioner Barker Palmer motions to approve this resolution and suspend the bylaws. Seconded by Commissioner Wynn. Um, all those in favor, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Okay, great. Congrats, Commissioner Miller, for passing this resolution. Um, and again, thank you so much for your work on this issue. Um, okay, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Okay. If members of the public would like to speak and have not done so already, please press star three or raise your hand in the WebEx app. Uh, Chair, you have no public comment. Great, thank you. Um, staff, can you please call item number nine? Um, item number nine is 2023-2024 budget and policy priorities. Okay. Um, so now we're going to move into our final reading of the budget and policy priorities. Um, okay. My thinking for how we were going to do this is we were going to go down the line for each one but take a voice vote so that it would be more efficient. Um, I just think this is better practice and it would be less confusing than grouping them all up because some people may have concerns about certain BPPs, um, but others wouldn't. So this would just streamline the process. Um, yeah. Um, do you, did you have any other thoughts about how we should do this or are you good with that? I'm good with that. I actually think that because we can do voice votes, it makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Um, well, everyone has access to the BPPs right in front of them, I believe. 
um, in the packet. So feel free to look those over if needed. Um, starting off with the recreational spaces one, I don't know if we want to like do the same thing with reading the headings and the subheadings because we already did that last meeting, but we might have to. Okay, um, so if commissioners um, Anish and Miller want to read the headings and the subheadings to start off with the first one. Could we just have the same people like who read what they read last meeting read what they're gonna read this meeting? All right, yeah, let's just do that. Um, and then after you guys go, we can see if there's a motion to approve them. <clears throat> cool, yeah, go. Yeah, we are. Well, I mean, it depends if you're gonna approve it or not. But if, are, if it gets passed. We're going like, there's going to be a vote after it's each be one. A voice vote, though. We're not doing a oh, vote call. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to read the headings? Yeah. So, the like whole focus is on expanding youth centered recreational spaces. And we focused on four main things, which were slow streets, car free spaces, public parks, and then I'm pretty sure it's just public spaces in general. Um, and then. Basically, it's just making it more accessible and also like safer for youth to use and accessible for all youth here in SF. Anything to add? No, I think that sums it up. Yeah, I think so. I think is the intention that we're just reading what's exactly on here or just summarizing is fine. Okay, I could just read out the blurb. Um, so expand access to youth-centered recreational spaces. The San Francisco Youth Commission urges for the permanency and expansion of the Slow Streets program. Uh, increased access to, oh my gosh, I can't read this. Um, to transit service to car-free JFK and Golden Gate Park. The study, of, the study of making other streets car-free, the expansion and investment in parks all throughout the city, and the funding of public transportation to Camp Mather and the Marin Headlands and uh, funding and resources for the mix at SFPL. Okay, great. Um, do people have questions about this one? Also, staff, I don't know, uh, is it possible to have like the BPPs be on the screen? Because it's just like the text, especially where the text is lighter, it's really hard to read from the page. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, seeing that there's no questions, I think we can take a voice vote. Um, all those in favor of, uh, wait, does someone have to motion? Yeah. Okay, is there a motion? Motion to approve this BBP. Seconded, Commissioner Utting. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Utting. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Okay, great. Um, okay, on to the next, Vision Zero. Um, this one was mine. Um, okay, the main idea is just to address Vision Zero and our asks were we urged for the reconvening of the Vision Zero task force um, to reintroduce the pilot program for automated speed enforcement um, and to follow through and expedite SFMT safety and quick build projects, especially near schools, um, to fund Vision Zero projects and also consistently um, enforce at, for SFPD to consistently enforce um, focus on the five, especially on the high injury network. Um, does anyone have any questions? Seeing none, um, is there a motion on the table? 
Motion to approve. Second. Commissioner Barker Plummer motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Miller. Um, all those in favor of this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is there any public comment on this motion? Oh, we forgot to do it for the last one. Is there any public comment on that motion? <laughs> uh, there's no one here for public comment. Okay. Thank you. Um, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Okay. Thank you. Um, the next one is the equitable transportation one. Commissioner Miller. Yes, so um, making transportation services accessible and reliable for youth, the San Francisco Youth Commission urges for the um, resources and funding to restore 100% of Muni transit routes and the expansion of the school tripper program. Thank you. Are there any questions about this BPP? Seeing none, is there a motion on the table? Motion to approve, Commissioner Utting. Seconded by Commissioner Colleen. Commissioner Utting motions to approve this BPP. Seconded by Commissioner Colleen. Is there any public comment on this motion? Uh, you have no public comment. Great. Um, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. Thank you. Um, and then for the next BPP, the housing one, Commissioner Wong and Adair. Okay. Um, support youth and transitional aged youth experiencing homelessness. The San Francisco Youth Commission urges the city and county of San Francisco to further increase its efforts to address the homeless crisis in San Francisco, particularly among youth under the age of 25, by exploring the expansion of San Francisco's navigation center network to best serve the needs of youth and transitional aged youth experiencing lessening the burden placed on caseworkers at navigation centers by hiring additional staff and expanding upon existing services available at navigation centers across San Francisco. Edgy. No, are we missing the word homelessness there? Did it get deleted or something? Yeah, I think it should be youth and transitional age youth experiencing homelessness. Oh. Makes sense? What? Yeah. yeah. Just says. It's just like experiencing. Right there. Experiencing. It might have gotten deleted. I think it should be. It's on the doc I'm looking at. Experiencing It's just not in the supporting documents. It's on here. Oh. Oh. Is it this part? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's another one. Yeah. It's just, mm -hmm. And you're missing a G there, too. We can make it's grammatical edits later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just include it in your motion. Um, is there a motion on the table? I have motion to approve this uh, BPP with grammatical errors. Second it. Oh, wait, did you have a question have a, about I the motion? I just have a comment. I just yes. wanted to thank them for um, changing the recommendation to be... Uh, consider opening additional navigation centers. I think that that gives it a little bit more leeway to look into. Mm -hmm. the, I think it looks like it gives a little more leeway to look into the current situation, um, and also make sure that there still is that ask there. Thank you. Any other questions? Okay. Um, sounds great. Uh, sorry about the grammatical issue. Um, um. Sounds sounds great. And yes, apologize for the grammatical issue, but we'll get that resolved by amending it through voting, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Who seconded your motion? Uh, oh, I did. Oh, okay. Um, Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this BPP with grammatical amendments, seconded by Commissioner Hillman. Um, is there any public comment on this motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Great. Um, 
All those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. Great, congrats. Um, and then on to the freeways BPP. Um, so this one is to study the removal of the central freeway. Um, we urge for a partnership with Caltrans to identify the documents and research needed to study the central freeway removal, um, as well as identifying funding in order to study it and make plans for it, um, and also to center the voices of marginalized groups affected by the central freeway. Um, are there any questions? Seeing none, is there a motion on the table? Motion to approve this BBP. Seconded. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Miller. Is there any public comment on that motion? Chair, sure, when there is no public comment. Thank you. Um, seeing that there's no public comment, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Great, thank you. Um, and then the free muni for all youth BPP. So, sorry, make Muni, uh, free Muni for all youth permanent. Uh, the San Francisco Youth Commission urges the continued uh, promotion and funding of the free Muni for all, uh, free Muni for all youth uh, by including it as a baseline in the SFMTA budget. Great, are there any questions about this BPP? Seeing none, is there a motion on the table? Motion to approve, Commissioner Miller. Commissioner Shaw, second. Commissioner Miller motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Is there any public comment on that motion? Chair, when there is no public comment. Thank you. Um, seeing that there's no public comment, uh, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Great. Congrats. Um, yay. Congrats to. HRT, we've passed all of our BPPs. Yay. Thank you, everyone, for all of your work. Um, on to closing Juvenile Hall. Uh, Commissioner Colleen. Yes, okay. This BPP is on alternatives to youth and tra transitional age. Mike. Youth incarceration. Should I repeat that? Okay. <laughs> this BPP is on alternatives to youth and transitional aged youth incarceration. Our little subheading is the San Francisco Youth Commission supports alternatives to youth and trans transitional aged youth incarceration, including a finalized plan for a facility grounded in wellness and rehabilitation, continued financial support for the Juvenile Justice Center and other existing departments and organizations that support youth and tra transitional aged youth most at risk of incarceration. And should I say like some changes that we made or no? Yeah, go ahead. So some of the main changes were um, taking out like the word closure um, just because we don't know what's going to happen and we want to support more um, transforming the current facility into one that's in wellness and rehabilitation. Um, what else did we do? I think that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, we, we basically made the heading and the subheading reflect like what the BPP said, which is like, yeah. we're not asking to close this down right away. We're asking like, what can we do in the meantime as you know, elected officials are figuring out um, what they can do with the space and the money. So yeah, basically just making the place um, grounded in wellness and in care um, and also like continuing to find alternatives that support that vision and that mission. Um, does anyone have any questions?
Seeing none, are there any motions on the table? Commissioner Shaw, Commissioner Shaw, motion to approve. Seconded. Commissioner Shaw, motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Hillman. Is there any public comment on that motion? Chair, when there is no public comment. Thank you. Uh, that's someone else. Um, great. Seeing that there's no public comment, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Great, thank you. Congrats, Commissioner Colleen. Um, and then the Narcan program. Yes, okay, this one is expand harm reduction measures for youth drug use by funding a Narcan program in all San Francisco schools. Uh, and that's basically what, um, that reflects um, what the resolution, what the BPP is. Mm-hmm. Great, are there any questions about this one? Seeing none, are there any motions on the table? Motion to approve, Commissioner Utting. Second, Commissioner Miller. Commissioner Utting, motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Miller. Um, is there any public comment on that motion? Chair, when there is no public comment. Seeing that there's no public comment, um, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Great, thank you. Um, on to the Bayview Hunters Point toxic soil contamination, Commissioner Shaw. Yes, so on um, restoring Bayview. I'm sorry, apologies. <laughs> Lord have mercy. On restoring Bayview Hunters Point, um, the San Francisco Youth Commission urges the mayor and board of supervisors to commit to replenishing, thank you, uh, replenishing Bayview Hunters Point environmentally to sustain the community for future generations. Biggest change was made in the recommendation instead of Number two, instead of prior, it was limiting future infrastructure, uh, but it has been changed to just ensuring environmental safety and the, um, the use of including community input. Um, so yeah. Great, thank you. Any questions about this one? See, seeing none, uh, is there any public, or I mean, are there any motions on the table? Motion to approve this BPP. Second. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Miller. Is there any public comment on that motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Seeing that there's no public comment, um, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Great, congrats to TJ for passing all of your BPPs. Um, Thank you for all of your work. (laughs) Okay. On to the school safety BPP. No, I don't. <laughs> I just didn't want to confuse things. Um, Why don't you read the okay. subtitle? Okay. Okay. Um, provide oversight of and invest in school safety measures for San Francisco students. Um, uh, the San Francisco Youth Commission urges for improved physical safety infrastructure, safe firearm storage, information sharing, and the addressing of sexual assault and harassment at San Francisco schools. Thank you. I just want to quickly go over the recommendations. So first, request a plan for school safety infrastructure upgrades. 
provide oversight on the implementation of this plan and partner with SFUSD to determine and meet funding needs for school safety infrastructure installation regarding safe firearm storage, ensure SFUSD is sharing safe firearm storage information with families um, regarding sexual harassment and assault in schools uh, to restart the Safer Schools Sexual Assault Task Force for the Board of Supervisors Public Safety and Neighborhood Services Committee to work with SFUSD for mandatory trainings and to gather data on the current status of sexual assault and harassment and to measure the effectiveness of the task force. Great, thank you guys so much. Um, are there any questions about this one? Seeing none, is there a motion on the table? Motion to approve this BPP. Seconded. Commissioner Colleen, motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Wynn. Um, is there any public comment on that motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Seeing no public comment, um, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 <laughs> all those opposed say nay. Great. Thank you and um, congrats to Commissioners Barker Plummer and Utting for your work on this BPP. Um, okay, on to vote 16. Uh, Commissioner Hum, yeah. Hey, Alex, Commissioner Hum. Uh, grant 16 and 17 year olds the right to vote. The San Francisco Youth Commission urges for rights for 16 and 17 year olds to vote in municipal elections. Um, the Youth Commission believes that granting 16, 17 year olds the right to vote will enable adequate repre representation for youth in government and boost overall civic engagement. Great, thank you. Um, did you wanna go over the recommendations? Mm -hmm. So the Youth Commission urges the Mayor and San Francisco and Board of Supervisors to um, place a charter amendment on the ballot to lower the voting age to 16, urge California legislators to place a constitutional referendum on the ballot lowering the vote, voting age to 16, and host another Board of Supervisors and Youth Commission joint hearing um, to understand recent developments of the Vote 16 efforts, um, efforts around the county and the city as well. Great, thank you so much. Um, are there any questions? Seeing none, are there any motions on the table? Commissioner Hum motions to approve this BPP. Seconded by Commissioner Colleen. Commissioner Hum motions to approve this BPP. Seconded by Commissioner Colleen. Um, is there any public comment on this motion? Chairman, there is no public comment. Seeing that there's no public comment, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Great, congrats um, for passing this BPP. And then on to the mental health one. Commissioner Pimentel. Yeah, um, so the title is Increase Existing Funding for Wellness Centers in San Francisco Public Schools, and the subtitle is Increase Existing Funding for Wellness Programs, Resources, Outreach, and Education in San Francisco Public Schools, including more professional development for school staff on wellness practices and frameworks such as healing center care and youth anchor peer-to-peer -peer counseling. And the recommendations are increase funding to hire staff from different backgrounds, hire staff 
therapists, and social workers from different backgrounds to serve the needs of students of color and immigrant students, invest in preventative resources, straighten existing preventative resources, including mindfulness, community schools, restorative practices, and peer resource programs. And just the third recommendation is, just to summarize, value student voice and skills as leaders and decision makers. Great, thank you so much. Um, are there any questions? <laughs> Seeing none, um, are there any motions on the table? Motion to approve this BPP. Seconded. seconded. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. Um, is there any public comment? Oh, he just said it first. But I wasn't over the mic. Oh, it doesn't matter. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Wong. Um, is there any public comment on this motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Great, thank you. Um, seeing that there's no public comment, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 Those opposed, say nay. Okay, great, thank you. Um, congrats to Commissioner Pimentel. And then um, for the life skills, Commissioner Loftus, are you available to read out your BPP or read out the headings and subheadings and recommendations? Uh, I am, um, but also um, we are going to make uh, some small grammatical changes. So this is um, support the continuance of funding for youth employment and life skills preparation programs in San Francisco. Um, I don't think there's been major changes, just making the language more precise. And um, some grammatical changes we'd like to make is changing adolescence to youth. And um, Vanessa, I'm not entirely sure what E you're referring to, so if you could clarify that. So basically after the and, and in the subtitle, um, there's a capital E in ensuring. We just wanna change that to a lowercase e. So just those grammatical changes. Okay. Um, great. Do people have questions about this one? I had some questions. I had a question. Um, I know like uh, something else that like we really like uh, heard from um, like uh, when I went to the um, Tenderloin Boys and Girls Club um, was about like the um, the pathways programs, which I think are mentioned like a little bit like in the like content of the resolution but not really um listed as much in the in the recommendations and i feel like like kind of like my issue that i kind of like brought up last time is like i don't know i just feel like the recommendations on this one like are kind of like like i guess it kind of better explains the linked learning model now but I just wish it, it had like a lot more specific of recommendations such as, you know, things like specifically saying, hey, let's increase, you know, this like pathways program that, you know, a lot of people uh, like students are enjoying. And, you know, like um, it's just kind of like vague, like what does integrating uh, targeted assistance for underserved students look like? Like, you know, like do we want to have like more programs in specific like schools or like neighborhoods? It's just, I don't know. Um. That echoed some of my concerns as well. I mean, I think last meeting I suggested that 
um, there'd be more research about San Francisco programs, like we talked about OFA, um, <coughs> and how we could talk about um, other programs that promoted life skills, because I feel like the background, you know, it's pretty good because it talks about like why life skills are important, but there's a lot of like United States data and um, obviously like it's relevant just because like it's about life skills, but I would have appreciated if there was more information about San Francisco programs and if there was more like connection to what the recommendations were saying. So I think I'll be voting no on this one. Um, I echo what Commissioner Miller and Chair Wynn have, the concerns that they voiced. Um, I also, I, I think that the idea behind it is definitely good, but I think the suggestions and data behind it are vague and not San Francisco specific enough. Um, especially the linked learning model, I'm still slightly confused as to what it is and um, as mentioned previously, I wish that it could be elaborated on a little bit more about the effectiveness in San Francisco um, and what specifically it does. Um, but I do think that this is an idea worth pursuing in the future and I do think it's um, an important skill for youth to learn. So um, while I won't be voting in favor this time, I do support it in general. Any other comments, concerns? I would just say that like um, if the people who like authored this like wanted to work on like a like resolution, you know, later this term or like in the future that I'd definitely be uh, happy to partner on this um, to make it uh, stronger and have more actionable uh, recommendations. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think we can definitely use this, the data from this BPP for um, another resolution in the future. Um, I think we're gonna take a roll call with this one, um, but sh should I motion? Okay. Is there a motion on the table? Um, can I motion to not approve? No. <laughs> I think you can. Or can you motion to table? He could motion to table, but he could, couldn't he motion to table. Approve? I think you can. Yeah. Because why would? Yeah. Well, like what well, if you motion to approve it? You can move to table indefinitely if you don't want to vote on it. Yeah. Well, well I do want to vote on it. I, my concern with tabling it is that we don't want it to delay the other BPPs. I'm not saying what my vote is on this. I'm just saying that if we were to table it, we couldn't really move forward in the same way as not approving it or approving it. Well, tabling indefinitely means basically it is no longer active until it's reactivated. Oh, so, so it's kind of like okay. putting on the shelf. For a very long time. <laughs> Are you sure we can't do motion to not approve? No. Really? Well, if it hasn't been approved, then you... I mean, motion it's the same way when you vote motion to approve something. Like it, it hasn't, hasn't been, been approved, approved so yet. you don't. So you're approving it. I, I don't know. Then it's if you want to motion, if you don't want to approve it, then you make the motion, second it, and then you. If you don't want to approve it, you vote no. Yeah. Is okay. the correct procedure. Okay, I'll just motion to table it indefinitely. Seconded. Um, okay, let's take a roll call vote on this one. Um, is there any public comment on this motion? If members of the public would like to do public comment, please put a star three or raise your hand. Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Great. 
Um, seeing that there's no public comment, uh, staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Yeah, on that motion, uh, Commissioner Wong. Aye. Commissioner Wong, aye. Commissioner Adair? Aye. Commissioner Adair, aye. Commissioner Loftus? Nay. Commissioner Loftus, nay. Uh, Commissioner Miller? Aye. Commissioner Miller, aye. Officer Lostana? Aye. Officer Lostana, aye. Commissioner Anish? Aye. Commissioner Anish, aye. Officer Udding? Aye. Officer Udding, aye. Uh, Commissioner Colleen? Aye. Commissioner Colleen, aye. Commissioner Pimentel? Nay. Commissioner Pimentel, nay. Vice Chair Barker Plummer? Nay. Vice Chair Barker Plummer, nay. Officer Hum? Nay. Officer Hum, nay. Uh, Officer Shaw? Aye. Officer Shaw, aye. Uh, Commissioner M is absent. And then uh, Commissioner Hillman? Aye. Commissioner Hillman, aye. And then Chair Wynn? Aye. Chair Wynn, aye. Okay, so with 10 ayes and then four knees and then um, one absent, um, the motion passes. Okay, to table, it. to table it. To table it indefinitely. Okay, so this BPP will be indefinitely tabled. Um, thank you so much, Commissioner Loftus, on your work on this issue, and hopefully we can turn it into a resolution um, or work on something in the future. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, to clarify, in dissent was Commissioner Pimentel, Vice Chair Barker Plummer, Officer Hum, um, and then Commissioner Loftus, just for the record. Yep. Okay. Um, well, thank you. Uh, okay, voter pre registration. Can I take a point of privilege? Yes. Go. Okay, so this next. Oops. Um, this BPP is increased voter pre-registration efforts. The San Francisco Youth Commission urges the Department of Elections to increase outreach and information about pre-registration opportunities to students in schools. The city and county of San Francisco to conduct further research on the effectiveness of current outreach efforts and ways to increase voter pre-registration. The development of a comprehensive plan to implement the goals outlined in Board of Education Resolution 162-2383 and continue funding the Department of Elections Youth Voter Outreach. Um, and our recommendations consist of funding the Department of Elections Youth Voter Outreach, um, directing the Department of Elections to increase outreach and information about their pre-registration opportunities to students in schools, conducting further research on the, on the effectiveness of their outreach efforts, and following up on and supporting the development of the goals outlined in Board of the Board of Education Re Resolution um, that was intended to increase awareness about youth and their voting rights. Great, thank you. Are there any questions about this BPP? Um, seeing none, are there any motions on the table? Motion to approve. Seconded. Uh, Commissioner Miller motions to approve this resolution. Oh. BPP seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. Is there any public comment on this motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Thank you. All those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. Great. Congrats, Commissioner Utting and uh, 
Loftus for your work on this BPP. Um, okay. Three more. Three more. On to the LGBTQ task force. Um, Barker Plummer, did you want to start with the Safety Coalition? Sure thing. Um, San Francisco LGBTQIA plus Coalition on Safety Funding Request. The San Francisco Youth Commission urges for the funding allocation to protect community centers serving queer youth and assist them in their security needs. Recommendations um, are to support and grant the LGBTQIA Coalitions on Safety Funding Request, which will be included as an appendix to um, the report itself, and um, the proposed budget breakdown, which is you know, a rough guesstimate at this point, um, but it's something that we can work with um, the mayor's office and, and Lyric and other organizations to kind of solidify a little bit more is also included. Great, thank you. Are there any questions? Um, I would just note that currently in the recommendation, it says uh, include, or the number one recommendation, it's the only one. It says include the critical funding request, and then it says appendix number, and there's there's no number. So that's probably just a minor edit. That was, yes, that was my placeholder for when staff put together the BPP, they can then put whatever number appendix it is. I see. Okay, cool. So thanks, staff. <laughs> I mean, would you not want to just like include the like the little table here, like on the same page as as opposed to an appendix? But it, that that doesn't matter. I'm sorry. That's oh, so the proposed budget breakdown is different than the appendix I'm referring to. Oh, the appendix I'm referring to is what Lyric sent me, which if you'd like, I can dig it up, but it's it'll take me a second. But I'm happy to do that. Um, whereas the proposed budget breakdown is what is like was part of that. But there's like, there's like a bigger ask and like explanation for this funding that Leo provided. Do you want me to share that? Um, I don't need it before I vote, but if you sent it to me, I, I'll, I'll look at it. Okay. Yeah. Just for funsies. Just for funsies. You know, love a good government report. <laughs> Great. Um, any other questions? Seeing none, uh, are there any motions on the table? Motion to approve Commissioner Atting. Lestana second. Utting motions to approve, seconded by Listana. Is there any public comment on that motion? Chair, when there's no public comment. Um, seeing that there's no public comment, all those in favor of approving this, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Great. Um, thank you, Commissioner Barker Plummer, for your work on this. Um, okay, on to the LGBTQ plus curriculum. Um, Astana, um, okay, uh, the title is Create a More Comprehensive LGBTQ Plus and Sexual Health Curriculum for SFUSD Schools. Um, the San Francisco Youth Commission urges for the support in implementing an inclusive health curriculum in SFUSD middle schools for LGBTQ plus, I forgot the plus, youth gathering feedback from SFUSD employees in the current health curriculum to advise the creation of a pilot program for a more inclusive middle school health curriculum, um, helping teachers receive the popular health credentials and urging the state of California to change the health education mandates to include a more comprehensive LGBTQ plus health curriculum. Um, Ah, where are the recommendations? Okay, uh, the recommendations. The Youth Commission urges the Mayor of San Francisco and Board of Supervisors to implement an all-inclusive middle school um, sexual health education curriculum for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender LGBTQ youth. Um, 
Most LGBTQ middle schoolers feel uncomfortable and unwelcome in schools, which can have a severe influence on their health and well-being. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning LGBTQ youth require and deserve to have a comprehensive and helpful sexual health curriculum. Um, hire health teachers with the proper credentials and or give teachers the incentive to get the proper health credentials. Um, it is crucial that queer youth are educated to, uh, by trained health teachers that can manage to focus year-round on the health education of middle schoolers. Urge the state of California to make the health education state mandate more comprehensive towards LGBTQ plus youth and gather feedback relating to the health education curriculum from SFUSD employees, as well as running a pilot program in an SFUSD school with the goal of creating a more comprehensive and useful health education curriculum. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioner Listana. Um, are there any questions about this BPP? I think I might have brought this up last time, but I, I'm just like curious because it says that there's no like dedicated middle, middle school health educators, but like at least when I was in middle school, we had a dedicated health teacher. And I went to a public middle school. Um, I, okay. You didn't? I didn't, my middle school didn't, and it was a pretty big one. Well, it just says does not have any, so that would imply that there's none, but there, there was one, at least. Do we want to amend it to many, if not all? Yeah, we, we can amend that part. I, I personally don't know if that's true or not, because I wasn't actually the person who wrote that part. Um, but yeah, we can just change it to many, if not all. So you can just amend that part. So SFUSD does not have many. Or we know SFUSD does not have many. If many SFUSD schools. Yeah, many SFUSD schools do not have any dedicated middle school health educators. Many. Well, Is that no. grammatically correct? Like many, if not all. No, many, no. if what? not none at no. all. Wait, what? 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 Just say many SFUSD many. schools. Just That's add the many. But I want to say like many, but all of them might not. We don't know. But mine, but, mine has one. But just say many to be there. safe. You no. think they, they, as they're implement? because this was my, my school, they did like the reimagining middle school. Know. We were like the pilot school. <laughs> you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it's just like if we approve it, okay, it's just factually wrong, but I don't really care. Yeah, just, we can just do many, I think. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is that your motion? Who motioned that? Wait, no, there's not a motion. It oh, was just a question. There, oh, okay. Is there a motion on the table? Or are there any other questions before we take a motion? Is there a motion on the table? Listana, motion to approve. Seconded. Commissioner Listana motions to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. Are you including that amendment in your motion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, oop, yeah. Do you want to can withdraw? You, okay. Yeah. Can yeah you withdraw. withdraw. I withdraw my motion because I messed it up. Um, my new motion is um, Listana motion to approve with the amendment to um, change that one sentence to say many. And I second that motion. Commissioner Lasana motions to approve this BPP to change the language to uh, none to many. Um, seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. Um, is there any public comment on this motion? Chairwin, there is no public comment. Um, seeing that there's no public comment, 
Uh, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Great. Congrats, Commissioner Listana. Um, and then on to safe spaces. Uh, Commissioner Pimentel, do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? I can read it. Okay. Um, so the title is Establish Safe Spaces in Schools and Make Resources for LGBTQ Plus Students More Accessible. And the subtitle is the San Francisco Youth Commission urges for the creation of safe spaces for LGBTQ plus youth in schools, creation of clubs with the support of community organizations to spread awareness for resources for LGBTQ plus youth and to assess the uh, GLICE in school climate survey to guide more improvement strategies. Um, are there any questions about this BPP? Um, seeing none, is there any motion on the table? Motion to approve this BPP. Seconded. Um, Commissioner Colleen, motion to approve this BPP, seconded by Commissioner Hillman. Um, is there any public comment on that motion? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Thank you. Um, seeing that there's no public comment, all those in favor of approving this BPP, please say aye. 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 Great, congrats to the, oh, all those in favor? All those opposed, please say nay. No. <laughs> um, okay, we're done. Congrats to the LGBTQ plus task force for passing all of your BPPs. Um, okay, we have finished reading through the BPPs. Um, staff, can you please call item number 10? Um, item number 10 is committee reports. Okay, um, starting off with the LAOs, Shaw and Hum. Okay, this don't work today. Okay, so for uh, the LAO report, first starting off with uh, relation to the Board of Supervisors. So right now, um, as a whole commission, we're preparing for the BOS presentation slash hearing on March 22nd. Um, Recently, um, we suggested pieces of resolu res resolutions written within the Youth Commission to uh, bring directly to the Board of Supervisors if much um, action hasn't been taken. Um, so thanks to Joy, we um, gave directly to the BOS the combating fentanyl usage and transit stop accessibility. If anybody else feels they have a piece of resolution or legislation that they want to bring directly to the BOS, just let me know so we can do that. Other than that, we have no new BOS legislation from this past week. As far as internal youth commission um, is, re is related, uh, congratulations, we just passed two resolutions, yay, the youth, youth Clipper Bar Resolution and AB 800, as well as the 29 Sunset Improvement Project was passed. Uh, recently, I sent an email out to everybody in terms of the um, results, if you will, from the form that we made um, in recognition of resolutions that persons are working on. So if you haven't filled out the form yet, please do so. Um, and I'll be contacting people directly if need be. Uh, we want this to also be a place where people can uh, let folks know if they have new resolutions that they're going to work on um, and will present to the full YC. Um, I'm trying to read my notes. Um, also, I 
will continue to reach out to chairs over possible referred legislation um, and for all my committee chairs uh, for future when it comes to referred legislation. I want to be able to like talk with y'all so we can have calls to discuss referred legislation just to make sure we're all on the same page in terms of the commission um, and what we want to see referred. I think that concludes my report. Thank you. Commissioner Helm, do you have anything to add? Okay. Um, and then comms officers, Listana and Utting. Okay, um, so pretty much we've just been working on like doing, or social media wise, we've been working on like doing more explainers um, and just like posting notices for meetings and like notices for events both by the Youth Commission and like youth events across the city as well as like events from supervisors. Um, and just like a note about takeovers, we still have a few people who haven't signed up for takeovers. I don't know who, but. Um, I, all I know is we're missing four people. Um, four people haven't signed up for takeovers. Um, if you're one of those four people, please sign up. Because um, we have like a lot of missing spots. Um, I think you should resend the email with the documents. Yeah, yeah. we can resend the email. Yeah, we can resend the email. Like, yeah, we can resend the email. But if you haven't signed up, please sign up by like this week, just so we can have some of these spots filled. Because after you and there's no one. Um, there's gonna, yeah. Actually, no, there is, but like there's a gap. And we will volunteer people if there is a gap. We will just tell you that it is your week. So <laughs> sign up for when you want to go. Um, <laughs> Another thing to add is that we recently set the, uh, recreated a form for teachers in SFUSD schools to sign up to have us come and present to them about the Youth Commission. And so that was sent out in the SFUSD like educators newsletter, I believe on Friday. And we already have three responses from teachers who want us to come and present at their school, so that's exciting. Um, and we'll be reporting back on that. Oh, Chair, can I have a point of privilege? Yes. Um, great, thank you so much. And then on to general committee updates. Yes, so before I begin, I'd just like to say I wasn't at the last executive committee meeting because I was sick. Um, so shout out to Chair Wynn for chairing that, and I hope it was okay. I was told you were more productive than usual, so I'm not sure how that, <laughs> how that adds up to my... Um, sharing abilities, <laughs> I decided to not take it personally. Um, Should I give the debrief? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At our last executive committee meeting for the minutes, uh, the committee looked over the budget and policy priorities that we have today passed, worked on the presentation the Youth Commission will have before the Board of Supervisors on our budget and policy priorities, continued planning for the budget town hall that the Youth Commission will be hosting, uh, began discussion for 2023 to 2024 Youth Commission recruitment, which feels weird, I feel like I just got here, um, and we approved today's agenda. Um, yeah, but um, to add on, <laughs> what? To, to add on, um, for the presentation to the uh, Board of Supervisors, we've reached out to a few commissioners outside of exec 
um, just because um, some exec commissioners would feel com more comfortable if um, those commissioners could present on the things they worked on um, rather than presenting other people's stuff. So I think that's just commissioners Colleen and Miller. Um, and then I sent you guys all of the information to make the slides um, for the presentation. Oh, oh, well, I sent Commissioner Colleen. I might have forgot to send it to Commissioner Miller, but I'll be sure to do that. Um, huh? Maureen? No, this is only for the people that um, are presenting to the Board of Supervisors, and that's just Commissioner Colleen and Miller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we sent you guys the Google Slides um, template and also like instructions for the slides. So if you could help us work on that, um, exec will be making that before the presentation. Um, oh, also commissioners Adair and Wong are presenting as well. Um, but I sent you guys the information. Yeah, it's just Commissioner Miller. Um, I th yeah, I think that's it. Am I missing anything? Okay, I feel like we did a lot that meeting. Okay, um, <laughs> okay, on to HRT, Commissioner Anish. I'm gonna be uh, giving the report um, today for this meeting. Um, so uh, at our last meeting, which was last Tuesday for uh, the Housing and Recreation and Transit Committee, um, we had a presentation from the SFMTA regarding the 29 Sunset Improvement Project that the um, resolution today was based off of. Um, so that was um, very insightful. We got to hear from SFMTA staff. We also worked more on the uh, BART Clipper Card um, resolution that was also um, passed today. So thanks to Commissioner Adair for that. And we also, um, several members of our committee were in attendance at the um, Monday District 7 um, Inner Sunset Transportation Town Hall. Um, so we had a debrief of that. And um, that was a very um, interesting uh, opportunity. And um, we got to ask some questions there based on the, um, what was it? Oh, the equitable access resolution in regards to like Ninth Avenue and um, Golden Gate Park um, as those related to the like Inner Sunset neighborhood from the resolution. So I thought that was, um, uh, somewhat productive uh, for a government town hall, um, but we, we talked about that. And um, I know there have been some other like community events that HRT has been in attendance at, uh, such as the Central Freeway Town Hall, if other HRT members wanna touch on that. But other than that, I think that sums up what we've been working on. Um, yeah, it, for HRT, it was me and um, Commissioner Adair who were at the panel um, but yeah, the panel went really well. It was very informational and everyone was very supportive of the idea of um, the removal of the central freeway. Uh, Commissioner Adair or Utting or Colleen, if you guys wanna add. Um, it was great to do that. Um, Chair Wynn did a great job speaking on the panel. Um, repping the Youth Commission, we're all so proud. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great night. <laughs> Yes, I echo all of that. Same. Great, thank you. Um, and then CEEC. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. 
<laughs> yeah, um, during our last meeting, we went over our BPPs and Commissioner Pimentel, uh, we ran over a, a survey that they are going to put out. And um, I think that's most of what our meeting was. Uh, Vice Chair Howe, if you have anything to add. I don't. Okay, great. <laughs> On to TJ. Yes, um, our meeting was last week and we debriefed on our BPPs and then planned on like our future goals or what we want to accomplish next and the remainder of the youth commission on resolutions and hearings and those type of stuff. Great, thank you. And then the task force, LGBTQ plus task force. Uh, uh, we haven't met since the last meeting, but we did finish off our BPPs. And um, me and like the non-commission youth commission member of the LGBTQ plus task force are working on the BPP slide, like slides to the during our for BPP presentation. Great, thank you for doing that. Um, and then, okay, that concludes committee reports. Um, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Chair, when there is no public comment. Okay. Um, quick, can you please call item number eleven? Item number eleven is roll call and introductions. So roll call for introductions of resolutions, requests for hearings, letters of inquiry, and commissioners' reports on their commission-related activities. Okay. So uh, Commissioner Anish is first. Um, yeah. You just like talk about what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last time I had this, I was basically starting to do some more research on like open spaces and recreational spaces, specifically on the mix. And I've basically just been continuing that research so that I could compile it into a resolution. But that has been all for me. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Utting. Um, I've been looking more with uh, Commissioner Barker Plummer into school safety including recently meeting with um, someone from the mayor's budget office to talk about um, how they can support school safety and what we can do with that moving forward. Um, and hopefully that turns into a resolution once we have more information on the best way to advocate for that funding. Great, Commissioner Miller. Yeah, so um, recently, um, I, I mentioned this several times, but I did get to um, go to the Tenderloin Boys and Girls Club, and that was a really great experience, and I'm looking to do more um, like little presentations or just like visiting um, different community orgs um, in my uh, district. Also, um, I attended a Reckon Park um, presentation on um, John F. Shelley Drive in McLaren Park, which is... Um, Right now, it's uh, part of it is closed to like car traffic, similar to how um, JFK Drive is, and they're kind of deciding like the future fate of that right now. So I, I was in a meeting about that to like learn more, and I'll definitely uh, be looking into a possible resolution on that and other improvements around McLaren Park. Um, and I'm also uh, the the BPP slides were just so kindly shared with me, so I'll be I'll be working on those. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Um, Commissioner Hum? Yes. Hey, y'all. It's Commissioner Hum. Um, just here working on some, um, looking back 
to continue working on that mental health resolution that we started at the beginning of the year. Um, it's been a while, but getting back into it. Um, yeah. Great, thank you, Commissioner Hall. Uh, Commissioner Adair. Um, well, last couple weeks, been you know fine-tuning the, the BART resolution, also working on the, um, the BPPs, and I'm glad we're able to take care of both of those today. So I guess now I'm just you know thinking about the future, and I know that uh, uh, you know, back in January, talked with Commissioner Wong and some other people about like building off of the housing priorities that we mentioned. Um, so that so maybe working on doing research probably in the next few weeks, getting ready to maybe start a resolution on that. There's also the uh, 78 Hate Street project, which um, did some preliminary research on a couple weeks ago, and um, probably continue to do that now that um, now that I'm freed up a little bit. Great, thank you so much, Commissioner Adair, uh, Commissioner Shaw. Okay, um, I'm leaving you, you and sorry. I feel betrayed. <laughs> so it's also working now. <laughs> it just doesn't like me, I guess. Um, so most of my time has been just working uh, within the capacities of LAO and supporting the exec. But on the personal note, I plan to start writing um, a resolution alongside Commissioner Hillman over gun regulations. So that's and will be in the works. And yeah, stay tuned. Thank you. Commissioner Wynn, oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, most of it has been like getting the presentation, well, not present, getting the BPP report together um, and working on final touches. Um, but I've also been like preparing for the Central Freeway panel. Um, and now that that's over, I'll have more time to plan for other things. Um, I'm interested on in working on other resolutions. Um, I pretty much converted like all of my resolutions into BPPs or my BPPs into resolutions. So now I have the capacity to work on new projects. Um, so yeah, I can help whoever with whatever because I'm open to new ideas. Um, but yeah, I've also been working on the letter from the chair for the BPP report. Um, and I'm kind of a perfectionist with writing, so it might take me a long time, but I will have it before the deadline. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, Commissioner Loftus. I have not left my house or really this room for 18 days except to go to the hospital, and I am feeling a strange kinship with the protagonist in the yellow wallpaper, and my brain cells have been replaced with Percocet. So I'm not really doing anything right now, but hopefully in two weeks, the next meeting, I will have something. I guess I am a co-sponsor on Commissioner Miller's resolution, if that counts. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Loftus. Hope you feel better. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone so much for reporting on what you've been doing. Um, I'm really excited to see that some of these BPPs will turn into resolutions um, or vice versa. I think we have a lot of work ahead of us um, and now we'll have a lot more time because we just passed all of our BPPs. Um, but yay, congrats to everyone. Um, and then, okay, other legislative introductions. So now is the place for if you want to like call a hearing or something, you could do it here. <laughs> Sounds very intimidating, but <laughs> okay. Seeing that there's none of that, um, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Chair, when there is no public comment. Thank you, staff. Can you please call item number twelve? Item number twelve is staff report. 
The director has no report. Um, so for me, I am designing the BPP um, booklet. So like um, sometimes I will come up to you and ask for your feedback because I am indecisive. Um, so I'm working on that and yes, um, like Officer Shaw said, I have taken two of your resolutions, the transit stop accessibility one and um, combating fentanyl use to all the BOS offices and asking them to introduce it as an ordinance or a resolution and at the BOS level. So um, if you have anything interested, um, any of your resolution to move it forward, please talk to officers Shaw and Hum, so then um, they can let me know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I only have a few things to report, but what I do have is I am going to create a feedback survey for the youth budget town hall so that when youth do attend and they leave, they can give feedback to how we can do better next time, you know, the roses, buds, and thorns, um, how to make it an amazing event in the future as well. Um, also planning a document for community outreach and CBOs on what the Youth Commission does and for recruitment. Um, we're probably going to be voting, working on something next full Youth Commission meeting that will be on recruitment. Um, but until then, uh, also working with our comms team to make sure that we're posting, that we are working on recruitment flyers. Uh, Fun Fridays are probably going to be ha making a comeback in the next month or two. So Ooh. please do clear out your Fridays if you can. Um, and also, um, we are presenting to the Youth Leadership Allies in Government meeting um, on y'all's BPPs. And also working with SFMTA to possibly have like a mixer with both youth commissioners and with the Youth Transportation Advisory Board. Um, because they are very interested in seeing how y'all do what y'all do. Um, I think I have some more updates, but I can't remember them, so that's all I have for now. Thank you, staff. Are there any questions for staff? I just had a question. Um, is there a way like you could send out like um, our attendance or like have it included in like the next like full commission like staff report? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I'm actually, that's what I'm working on right now. Because <laughs> um, uh, it just got really complicated, so I had to look back on like September and have that tracked. Um, so right now, everyone's okay, but I will be emailing this out. Great, thanks. Thank you, staff. Um, on t can you please call item number 13? Or is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Chair Wynn, there is no public comment. Thank you. Can you please call item number 13? Sorry. Um, item number 13 is announcements. Yes. My only announcement is to please stick around for like 30 seconds, even less than that, so I can do an Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm doing the takeover. I'm taking it seriously. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, Great. like some things are just candid, and they're good, and they're more just personal that way. Just let him do it. Just let him do it. I'm going to run away. <laughs> Any other announcements? Yeah, any other announcements? I'm looking. Hi. Um, so 
I will be sending out an email about um, the presentation that the Teen Anti-Bias Fellows at the Contemporary Jewish Museum will be having. They would love for youth commissioners to be there and to just um, let them know about the importance of the work that they're doing. I believe we have um, three commissioners who will be speaking to them already, commissioners um, Wynn and Barker Plummer and um, Ating. So um, I will send out more information. It is in April, and it is on a Sunday, so um, you're not in school. Oh, I had another, I had an announcement. There's a District 8 Public Safety Town Hall on Friday. I'll be there if anyone wants to learn about safety in District 8. <laughs> Okay, um, i sorry, sorry, I have a few more announcements. So I did want to announce that the Juvenile Probation Commission will be meeting on Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. DA Brink Jenkins will be there talking with the commission, so I highly encourage y'all to listen in. Um, also, um, Commissioner Utzing stole my thunder. I was also going to say the District 8 Public Safety Town Hall is on Friday. It is at 5.30 at the Upper Noe Recreation Center, so please make it if you can. And then there's also the, um, I hope you all got an email, if it's the SF Marina Project from the Rec and Park Department. Um, they'll be having meetings on Wednesday, or this Saturday. Yes, this Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and then um, next Wednesday at 6 p.m. But it should all be in your calendars, so please, be sure to check them, and if you're going, let them know. <laughs> One last thing, and this concerns the commissioners who will be presenting at the BPP presentation to the Board of Supervisors. We are having a test run on, on the March 15th Executive Committee, so um, be there so you can present the presentation, and staff will be preparing questions in case the just in case like what the BOS Appropriations Committee might be asking you. Great, thank you. Any other announcements? Seeing none, um, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Madam Chair, there is no public comment. Great, thank you. Can you please call item number 14? Item number 14 is adjournment. This meeting is adjourned at 8.49 p.m.